Nick Floyd! <laughs> was not you fired! <laughs> Jesus Christ. That goes out of his way to throw up the gay studio audience applause sign and then for <laughs> Captain America then to say, keep on keeping on, man. Okay, back uh, to everyone else. Avengers uh, in game! <laughs> Welcome into Film Tank, the weekly podcast that covers both new and classic cinema. On this episode of Film Tank, we discuss the new Marvel film, which is Avengers Endgame. If you would like to get in touch with Film Tank, you can always email us at filmtankshow at gmail.com. You can also find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Film Tank Show. And you can listen to all of our episodes on our website, filmtankshow.com, or on iTunes. And now, here are your hosts, Nick Cheney, Toussaint Egan, and myself, Alex Diekman. Hey everybody, welcome in to episode 189 of Film Tank. As always, Alex Diekman and my guys, Nick Cheney. Hey, hey! And Toussaint Egan. Hey! <laughs> that was good. Yeah. Oh. Toussaint's been on a roll lately. Oh. Yeah. Our friend Anna, back to join us. Hello. Hey. Hey. Where'd you come from? Hey. Wait. <laughs> okay. I was going to say the other side of um, Dr. Strange's orange sparkly things. That's where I was. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Portals? I believe yeah. those are, that's the technical term. Yeah. Orange sparkly things. Yeah. Well, his, that's, his what jazz pe- that's what Peter Parker said. What he use, right. uses his sling ring to make those appear. Yeah. <laughs> it was like a beehive. Yeah. Sure. But like instead of babies, it's superheroes that come out. <laughs> what the fuck? Again, thank you so much for having me back. Yes, oh, of course. No. Thank you for we coming always, back. We always love having you and we don't have to talk about Bohemian Rhapsody this time. So <laughs> yeah. that's great. Yeah. We're like Bohemian Crap City. Uh, we, we should post the link on our uh Facebook to page. our episodes. Well no, that um, on our Facebook page, we should post the link to uh, Brian sent us the one-minute edit of the uh, Goodfellas. Goodfellas, yeah, I love that. Were, uh, oh, yeah. He just like zooms Bohemian in on the Rivers. lamp. <laughs> like, funny, funny, how do you mean? <laughs> funny, how do you mean, huh? <laughs> it's so stupid, but it's also pretty fucking hilarious. Yeah, it's really on know. point. Yeah. It's pretty good. Yeah. Anyways, thankfully, we're not talking about Bohemian Rhapsody today or any other uh, Rami Malik films. Mm-hmm. Boy, that Bond tw- that Bond twenty five intro video. If that didn't get you excited, well, Mister Bond's not going to have an easy time of it. I'm I'm going to let you know that he's not going to have an easy time of it. He's not going to have an easy time of it, Alex. God, I hope that guy's career crumbles. What, Rami Malek? Yeah. Yeah. Do you think Rami Malek? No, I, th- I love oh. him as Mr. Robot. That's okay. I like him as Mr. Robot. I don't like him in anything else because he acts like a fucking robot. First of all, Christian Slater's Mr. Robot. Oh, okay. Now we're gonna get pedantic. Now, all right. Well, I mean, yeah. no. Nick was right. Mr. Robot on the yeah. show. That's is true. Yeah. Slater. yeah, yeah. But Rami Malek is still the main character. Yeah. I know. Do you also think Frankenstein was a monster? Oh, get <laughs> out of here! Fuck out of here! It's Frankenstein's monster, actually. Yeah. Yeah. But why are you mocking me? Yeah, and then he left, and he formed a family, and they're called the Monsters. That's just factually inaccurate. <laughs> inaccurate. Inaccurate. <laughs> inaccurate. 
So today, uh, we are talking We're about... We're not done discussing this. <laughs> yes, we are. <laughs> Continue, Alex. We are talking about the finale to the current Avengers iteration, sort of. Yeah. The Infinity Saga. Yes, which had a hard time at certain points Being of Being a story. But you know what? But... What? I'm just really quickly... Mm-hmm. I mean, what 22-episode season doesn't have a few rough patches along the way? Yeah. That's good. I guess. Nice. Yeah. Good one. Well yeah. done. Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> so Avengers Endgame uh, surrounds the events uh, after the devastating Infinity War. Devastating is a word. Where the universe is in ruins. With the help of the remaining allies, the Avengers assemble once more in order to undo Thanos' actions, and restore order to the universe. So Avengers Endgame stars... Oh boy, here we go. <sighs> Deep breath. Are you really going to do this? I'm going for it. Yep. Robert Downey Jr., Chris Evans... Shit. What the fuck, man? You just stole my thunder. <laughs> Robert Downey Jr., Chris Evans, Mark Ruffalo, Chris Hemsworth, Scarlett Johansson, Jeremy Renner, Don Cheadle, Paul Rudd, Benedict Cumberbatch, Chadwick Boseman, Brie Larson, Tom Holland, Karen Gilliam, Zoe Saldana, Evangeline Lilly, Tessa Thompson, Rene Russo returning as Friga, Elizabeth Olsen, Anthony Mackie, Sebastian Stan, Tom Hiddleston, Denis Guerrilla, Benedict Wan, Pom Kleimtief, Dave Bautista, Letitia Wright, John Slattery sort of returning as Howard Stark, Tilda Swinton making a very interesting return as the Ancient One. Mm. John Favreau back as Happy Hogan. Also, Haley Atwell returning as Peggy Carter, even though her show was canceled. Yeah. Archive footage of Natalie Portman as Jane Foster. <laughs> Marissa Tomei. Taika Watiti, for whatever reason, is yeah. in this somehow. Yeah, he's the what rock guy. He's I know. the rock guy, yeah. Oh, he's that, okay. Angela Bassett, the young and old version of Michael Douglas. Michelle Pfeiffer, William Hurt, Colby Smothers, Sean Gunn, Winston Duke, Linda Cardellini, Frank Grillo, James Darcy as Jarvis, who was on one of the shows, uh, Agent Carter, Agent Carter. Yeah. Vin Diesel, Bradley Cooper, Gwyneth Paltrow, Robert Redford, uh, for whatever reason, Chris Pratt, Samuel L. Jackson, Joe Russo is the grieving gay man. <laughs> yeah, we're going to talk about that. Yes, we are. Uh, Stan Lee, Calvin Mulvey. Wait Ken, a minute. Ken Jong was in this for well, whatever that's, reason? That's not for whatever reason. Ken Jong and Yvette Nicole Brown were in this because whenever the Russos direct one of these, they, as an in-joke, put an actor from the show community. Yeah. Uh, hmm. the Jim Rash has been in one of them. And, uh, uh, Abed was yeah. in another Abed, one. Yeah. So it's, that's more just a funny little thing. Yeah. yeah. Ty Simpkins, yeah. who was in Iron Man 3, mm-hmm. makes a small appearance Ty here. Ty Simpkins, the little kid? What? I don't know. Who's Ty Simpkins? He's the guy who plays uh, Harley Keener in Iron Man 3. Who's Harley Keener? He's the little kid from Iron Man 3. Okay, just, that's <laughs> little what he kid. just said. I thought you meant the heart. He but was a little he's kid like, in this, but he's like a... He's like a now he's but that's what I was asking. Is it, the, is it that person? Yes. Yeah, yeah. So now is when he was... Is it the same actor? Yes. Like when he was a little mm-hmm. kid that's and nuts. now when Now he's, he's a... 
teenager. Okay, because yeah. I had yep. thought for some reason too little time had passed to show. So I thought maybe it was somebody it's been else. Six years. Yeah, I guess that makes sense. Yeah. But I just was, didn't know if it was or was not. That him. was that one kid at the funeral, right? Yeah, the, the end. Um, yeah. that nobody knew who he was, and I was like, oh wait, that's the kid from Iron Man Three. Oh, I, I knew who was. I didn't yeah. know who he was. I yeah. only assumed that's who it was because it was so random. Who else could it be? Yeah, that yeah. like not even who else, but just like there's. No answer to be given because, frankly, why would that kid be at that fucking funeral right, right. to begin with? That's so I, Tony's secret love child. So then I okay. guess I was like, I guess that's him. Yeah. But that was really random. Mm-hmm. And Josh Brolin. So <laughs> And that's our episode for Avengers Endgame. Yeah. Tune in next week. Thank you, guys. <laughs> yeah, sorry. So I think we should take each actor one by one and just kind of parse through their performances. And then we'll talk about the movie. <laughs> Let's not do that. Oh, boy. So who wants to go first? Who wants to take their first crack at this? I will. Okay. Yeah, you do it. All right. Uh, yeah, so this is the 22nd film in this little series. Boy, does it feel like it. <laughs> yeah, so it's interesting because uh, overall i got to say that I actually thought this was pretty entertaining. Yeah. Uh, I thought that it was in no way worth 22 films, and it definitely should not inspire 22 more. But as a culmination of at least the two main white dudes, uh, Mr. Chris and Robert. I thought it was a decent enough closure to move past that era, if we're allowed to at least. Um, And obviously, judging by the movie, we're going to in in a general sense. Um, But overall, I thought that this was everything that Infinity War was not, which was actually pretty well paced. And I mean, it's three hours. It's overbloated like all of them are. Um, So I'm I guess I'm kind of grading on a curve here compared to other Marvel outings, but overall I thought um, the three-act structure of pretty much post-grief, the time heist, and then the big battle, like mm-hmm. that was the three kind of major set pieces. Yeah. I thought it did a pretty good job weaving in and out of those, and I thought that like a really good ratio of characters actually got a good moment. Mm-hmm. Um, nobody was going to be really done justice other than pretty much the two main and maybe a few others like um uh i'm kind of blanking on who i think would have maybe had as much um i guess it kind of all comes down to who they are as people like ant-man i thought was just perfectly used like he was in no way i thought oversaturated but he did a lot of heavy lifting and making some of these scenes more bearable uh just for the common lay person ant-man is just better overall in group ensembles oh, than just yeah. in his own he individual is. stuff. And I'm, not, and I'm saying that I did not like Ant-Man and the Wasp. I, I But that was an ensemble film compared yeah, to his first To outing. his first film. Like, yeah, yeah. It was like, he's just better playing off somebody else where he's not the straight man. He can't be a straight man. Yeah. He has to be the comic relief and he has to have a foil, somebody else yeah. to bounce off of. And that's why like, he's really good with the Wasp. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I, I, from its very rip off of the leftovers opening, which yeah, I like, very much enjoyed. Like yeah. I thought it was a good scene. Yeah. Um, but I also felt like that was kind of like clearly the Russos, I think like the leftovers, like I'm sorry, but it just felt exactly like a they're, scene. From they're that at show. a um, when they're at the grief counseling center. There's yeah. a poster there that is like pretty much out of the leftovers. Yeah, I mean that's the thing that do they the literally first... just go 
onto the lot where they were filming the leftovers and steal one of the fucking props there. And seemed like, like it in that first ten minutes. Anna, have you ever watched any of the leftovers? By the way, no, but it's I a fantastic. Yeah, show. that's what I've heard, and I know the gist of it from you guys mm. having talked about it. So yeah. I think it's interesting that like in the beginning is basically like yeah. what you think is identical to the leftovers. But now I really I would I'm curious to watch it. Yeah. yeah, no, and I think the movie is all the better for it that it doesn't jump right in and instead it gets to kind of feel the fallout from this and. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I think there are some serious problems here as well. Um, this is probably the worst, I would say, blatant uh, fake, or I should say faux feminism that Marvel has ever participated in. Oh, yeah, in. you're talking about the who run the world girls moment at the end? That yeah. was uh, pretty awful because if that's all you get in a three-hour film, yeah. uh, that's pretty bad. And um, I, I, I don't, You know what? There, there was a similar moment in Infinity War. There, I just don't even think that movie's any good to begin with. So I don't yeah. even remember yeah. Yeah. that. There was a very similar moment to that where like they're all fighting, and they're fighting the... Uh, that one I felt like was at least slightly more teamwork based. Like we actually got to follow it for at least a good twenty to thirty seconds. Here it was yeah. literally they band together to let a man carry something to a truck. <laughs> like that is the extent of their representation yeah. uh, on screen. I mean, I can think of cool moments that a lot of dudes did, from uh, Spider-Man swooping in right. to uh, obviously. Now, I'm not saying this should have happened for everybody, but like Captain America wielding the hammer. I mean, every, it seemed like so many people got to do something, and they were not able to define themselves they, they outside of their kinship to each other. They were basically just like on an escort mission to basically escort this person to like get from point A to point B. And you know, I don't, I don't. For anyone who really, really enjoyed that scene, I'm not trying to 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 uh, to undercut that. I'm just saying that it felt, at least from my perspective, like I would be totally cool with that scene. I'm 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 cool with that scene in principle. I would like to see that, but the way that it was shot and the way that it was sort of like panned over, it reminded me of the ending of. Mortal Kombat 2 Annihilation where they just panned over like all the bad guys that they're supposed to be fighting in the next movie that never got made and I'm just like this is some corny ass Mortal Kombat like lineup bullshit choose your fighter and I was like I, I hate that shit yeah okay um uh, and then there was a few other standout bad moments that I thought like Joe Russo playing the grieving uh gay guy uh that was really bad because that's Disney once again pretending to at all listen to criticisms of its blanket uh, corporate franchise. I heard there was supposed to be like gay representation in this movie. Like I, I heard a hint. That was of, it. I heard a hint of that before going in, and you know, I I sort of like put it out of my mind because I I don't really I don't give a shit about spoilers or any of other shit. Like especially when it comes to these movies, I already know what's gonna fucking happen at the end, but you don't know how it's gonna happen. I was like, sure, whatever, I, whatever. I don't give a shit. And I thought as soon as I heard that, I was like, oh cool, Carol Danvers is gonna smooch Valkyrie. That's really awesome. I'm like, I'm here for it. And I was like, that shit didn't happen. I'm just like, wait a minute. Oh, he was gay. I mean, they. Said yeah, I know, right? Oh, but okay. I was just like, but it was such a <laughs> wasn't a twist. No, it was it, no, it was such a slight moment where I was just like, actually, that's it. I wouldn't say it was that's slight, it because what I thought was stupid was it goes out of his way to throw up the gay studio audience applause sign, and then for <laughs> Captain America, then to say, "Keep on keeping on, man." Okay, back. Uh, 
to everyone else. Yeah, uh, what but... do we got going on here? Oh, we're all grieving, right? Okay. Uh, oh, shit. I have to go. I'm not really supposed to be here. Uh, that just felt really fucking lame, and it just kind of makes me mad that people are still crediting Disney and Marvel at all for being progressive because they're just – they're still not e- – Yeah. A Black Panther, a Captain Marvel, a grieving gay Joe Russo does not a melting pot make. And um, back really quick to the positive before I uh, finish it off and yeah. get to the next person. Overall, though, I just thought that <clears throat> I was surprised that, like I said earlier, inf- I, I was not a big fan of Infinity War. So I was ready to really kind of probably be disappointed by this. But ultimately, I think the structure of this movie, because of the fact of the effects of Infinity War, uh, are in effect at the beginning of this movie. So we have a lot less people to deal with until the culmination in the final battle. Um, I which, think, is, which is which is a good thing, by yeah. the way. Yeah, I was going to say it. <laughs> I thought that made this movie a lot better. And frankly, I was pretty taken by I mean I know they made the choices already in Infinity War but the group of people we have that survive is actually a slightly interesting group outside of the core of six Avengers because I would say it's not the all of them I would say are not all the obvious choices like to have Rocket Raccoon and um Nebula Nebula and Falcon like I don't know just Falcon was dead Wait, yeah, not Falcon. What? It was uh, War Machine. Oh, yeah, War Machine. Right. Um, I, I don't know. I just thought it was a slightly... It would have been a lot like... I don't know. I could have seen them like really... Obviously, they didn't, but like trying to rest on their laurels and make sure that a Spider-Man is still there or, or just going the extra mile to like any cash cow that they have to keep around and just... But they didn't, and this movie, I thought, worked all the better because it really did feel like this... We're doing this because we have to do it, not because we... Uh, worked so well together, and um, I just thought the chemistry was pretty much right on. Um, I, and overall, I would say that it was actually pretty fun. I thought almost all of the callbacks to previous installments were actually well done, which I was kind of surprised by. The elevator scene with Captain was fantastic, Ooh, yeah. and I, that's the kind of ingenuity that I don't expect from a Marvel Easter egg, because I usually expect it to be one of two things, which is use image enhancement to see what's on the computer screen in the background to see that Doctor Strange is coming to a theater near you! That was uh, or, Russo, the Russos uh, hearkening back to like one of their own films for yeah. The Winter Soldier. So at least I think it's not a surprise that they would be able to do that. Like, well, it, not a it, surprise. It was, it was well done. I'm just saying like, they, they didn't rest on the reference. Mm-hmm. They actually have a history with themselves, yes, yeah. but then they also subvert its own expectations, yeah. and you know, uh, things are allowed to happen in a different... What's great about that, too, is not only... like That gives you the answer to something that really nobody ever cared about and nobody ever needed an answer to, but it's fun to find out just to, like like seeing like the like sort of after effects of what happened after the first Avengers yeah. fight ended of the how are how do these people literally Clean get the up. fuck out of the building after this with the scepter and the um tesseract like did they just walk out the front door yes they did yep. <laughs> it's, and it's, it's it's something so simple but at the same time like i was extremely interested in that scene just to see how it Proceeded. Yeah. yeah. And I, I was going to say one more thing, and then I'll pass it off to someone, which is that the elevator scene where they do the inverse of the Winter Soldier scene mm-hmm. uh, in which Captain America finds himself, uh, instead of in an elevator that 
is swarming with people, he finds himself entering an elevator that is already swarmed with the same kind of uh, agents who are supposed to be the good guys but aren't. And what I loved about that scene was that I thought, like, the cheap thing to do, which is what I thought they were going to do, was going to be let's recreate it but do it maybe a little differently this time. Like, instead of attacking here, he attacks there. But it felt to me like that's the fun of a time travel movie or, like, in playing, like, a video game like Hitman where when you do the run more than once, you can know what can happen. So, therefore having previous knowledge of something he shouldn't have in that timeline Mm -hmm. can only help because then he's actually able to just walk right out, which is way more badass than if they would have had him, like, just try to beat the shit out of him again. Yep, that's exactly how I play Hitman. Yeah, so. uh, Overall, I thought it was a lot of fun. Definitely a lot of Marvel problems present, but this is probably the best that this bloat, this is ever going to be outside of standalone if they ever do those again yeah. uh, movies can be um, mm-hmm. so yeah it was a good ride yeah I'll take it on I uh, thought this movie was okay I thought it was just okay I wasn't blown away by it I didn't shed any tears um, there was one moment that actually surprisingly affected me more than I thought it would given my relative lack of investment in that one character um, but overall, I really did enjoy. Could you tell us? Which I will. Yeah, I was like, I overall really did enjoy. I think that the first half of this film is definitely the best, in my opinion. Just the world that it sets up in a post snap world, and like seeing people react and like write about it, like online. It's like you can really tell the people who have watched the leftovers and who haven't watched the leftovers. And I was like, oh man, it'd be so cool to like see what happens with this world, like how it expands out. I was like, man, you should watch the leftovers. <laughs> the craziest thing is Holy the, shit. The leftovers is like the percentage is much whatever. higher. No. Isn't it No, it's like much lower. Oh yeah, it it's is. Like a, it's only supposed to be like seven percent or five percent or whatever. Yeah. Here it's fifty percent of the entire population has right. been wiped out. And yet they look like they're doing pretty okay. I mean, grieving-wise, obviously. Well, but they got superheroes to help them out. I get Well, they didn't seem like they were up to much. Yeah, they're not really up to much. They're just, like, eating peanut butter jelly sandwiches and crying into their peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. Um, the one character whose moment, like, affected me especially was uh, Captain America, and it wasn't even the ending. It was when he picked up the hammer. Like, I, I, was, I was really taken aback by that because not only was it a, a badass moment, but, like, the moment that was the moment in the, that was the signature moment in the theater of people being like fuck yeah yeah it was like <laughs> but when when you picked up the hammer like the first thing and like thor is like i knew it because that's a a, a callback all the way to age of ultron when they mm-hmm. were just like shooting the shit and doing the whole practice test of who could actually lift the hammer and it's just like to think that this guy like i think about the first scene that you see him in in, in first avengers when he's just this scrawny kid from Brooklyn just getting the shit beat out of him in the back alley and just like, I can do this all day. And just literally just getting his fade run, right? <laughs> and who would think that that kid would and, – and the reason why he's able to pick up the hammer is not because he has the, the, the super serum shit like that. It's because he's – worthy. Rel- he really – he really. relatively like stayed the same person and through all the things that he's experienced and all the things that he's lost – he was still able to hold on to and retain that quality about himself to just try to do the right thing. And who would have ever thought that just this scrawny kid from Brooklyn would be worthy of the Hammer of Thor? That was a fucking King Arthur moment. And, I, and, I, and, I, and that just really 
that that really amped me up. I, I love that. I will say that moment paralleled with Tony's sacrifice does have a complimentary arc throughout this movie and I guess over the franchise as a whole. Which Tony's is, arc has just been reset and redone over and over and over uh, again. But, okay. Going in a different direction, but Sorry. thank you. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> where I was going to say is one is about a guy learning that he is as good as he thinks he can be, and the mm-hmm. other one is about a guy learning that he can be better than mm-hmm. he has been. And yeah. I felt like that dovetailed nicely between those two moments of the hammer and the sacrifice. Yeah. So. I, um, I, just, I just really enjoyed that moment. I didn't enjoy the final battle as much as I wish I did. Like, it just felt like the Battle of Morinon from, like, Return of the King just with action figures. Like, when Thor and, and Iron Man and Captain America are teaming up to fight Thanos initially, and then Thor hits, like, Iron Man with the whole, like, Thunderbolt and goes for the phase blasters and he's shooting all the lasers at him, I'm just like, oh, that'll make a lovely toy for a kid somewhere. Um, but it's just like, it, it just it, it felt like a fucking toy commercial in, like, a lot of ways. And, like, the, the enemy design just really didn't do anything for me. And it just, yeah, it it was it was it was a big blowout moment that everybody was waiting for, and I know that it speaks to the gratifications of that. But it just, I don't know how it could have been better. I'm just saying that that's kind of where it landed for me. You know, that was not the most interesting part of this film for me. I thought the time heist uh, was really interesting, given the fact that first Tony decides to not do it, and then he decides to come back because he he's realize that he solved the equation to do it and then there's that whole explanation from banner talking to i think um uh roads roadies uh like when they're talking about it's like yeah the whole back to the future whatever like timeline stuff like that that doesn't work like die that. hard die hard yeah they yeah they made it hot yeah, tub the, time machine yeah hot tub time machine like now i know these films exist in that universe <laughs> because they've already confirmed that aliens and uh, uh, Star Wars. Wars and all this other stuff like exists in there. I wonder if Disney exists in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Of I, it, it has I wonder, to. I wonder if that's a little too I meta. I wonder if that's it's a little not too meta for Disney. It's yeah. not too meta for Disney. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was great. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh um, uh, but let's see. Uh, Tucson just did the bend and snap from Legally <laughs> Blonde. Yeah. Um, where was I? Where what was I talking about before this? You were talking about the well. You were talking about the look of the final scene. I actually had a thought on that real quick. By yeah. the way, even though I, for the most part, absolutely dug the final scene, mm-hmm. uh, as soon as it started, <laughs> I thought it looked really close to the final battle scene in Ready Player One. Yeah, and that's totally it. Yeah, I. Don't, it's basically the I same sort of like I, affect. Yeah, that's not good. No, it's not. It's yeah. not good. Yeah, they didn't even have Chucky or the fucking like Gundam in it. So why, why, why? Yeah, yeah. It just, it just, it just felt like it didn't gratuitous fan service that just no, throws everything. I'm at the okay. Wall. With, that's what it's going to I'm be. Okay You're going to see Endgame. Like I'm fine with that. Yeah. I just, I just wanted it to be a little bit better, and I don't, I don't know what that means. Yeah. Okay. Now I remember what I was saying. I thought it was weird when uh, Banner is expl- explaining the oh. whole plan about like, okay, so if you go back into the past and that becomes your present, and the future that you came from is actually your past, and you can't really change anything, you just created like a branching timeline and other stuff like that. And I'm just like, why? I'm still trying to square that. It's like, so the whole plan they never, they never explain the plan, mind you. It's a heist. And you've seen a lot of fucking heist movies, and usually a big part of the of the heist like movie, like sort of sort of like 
formula is that they explain exactly where they're going to go. They run through different trials. They explain what the plan is, but they sort of like kept that from the actual audience. Well, they and usually we're... aren't going back in time. I know, right? But like, like it's a heist. <clears throat> and just like you think that they would explain that a little bit. Maybe they didn't have room. I don't That's... think the stealing was the big part that they couldn't do. I think it right. was just the don't break the timeline thing, right. which I'm not saying it makes right, sense. Right, right, right. Yeah, but but, no, but, but here's point. the thing. Like, here, here's the thing that I don't get. So Tony only consented to actually helping out when he was like, okay, so I want to make things whole again, but I can't lose what I already have. Like, I can't just, like, I can't just, like, end up losing Morgan. I can't end up losing my, my, my life with my wife and stuff like that as long as that does not happen. Like I am willing. Which that's not really how that works. Like, no, I know that's exactly what. I'm exactly it. That and, was, and I was no, just like, how can you fucking guarantee that? Character. The idea was that he. I thought like he was trying to say I'm uncomfortable with this because I'm probably happy in the first mm-hmm. time in a while and mm-hmm. whatnot. But I should probably do this. He's but one of the few people that this just, worked out for. Right, right, it's, but it's one of those things. It's it's a lie agreed upon. Like, but we're gonna make sure that this works out because I can't not do it. So that's why his sacrifice is ultimately a good character moment because yeah. he goes back on that, knowing that that's not how it works. But it's not even the like that particular sacrifice. It's the risk of actually like losing Morgan and the life that he has now. I think he means I, just death. Like. Okay. Yeah, I just think he meant like I can't lose them. Like, I mm. really. I thought he the meant, whole time. I, my my reading was that he can't go back and change it to the point where his daughter doesn't exist anymore. Yeah, that's, that's what I'm. That's, that's what I that's understood what I, too. That's well, what I understood. okay, and I guess yeah. I guess I kind of got that too in the sense that that didn't make I don't sense think to me. anyone was like arguing that. I guess I think he was putting that out there to say I'll help you steal the stones. But we're not going to pretend like death that didn't that already happened. We can undo like vision or something. No, yeah. but at the same time, it's it's a weird compromise because usually when you think about changing a ha- event that's happened by going back in time, you think about trying to put things back to the way they were. Right. Where this is a weird situation where they're like, well, we really want to <laughs> keep Biff World, but we also want to have things we were, so we want those to both be together. And I now we live in it. One, and I think <laughs> too. That's the that's also just a little tiny compromise between the guy who wants to save everybody and a person like Iron Man, who the guy I mean, is. Who, it really that who tiny just wants of a compromise? Well, in the sense that if you have this power and you make it, then what's to stop you from going before? Like when they made a joke about killing Thanos as a baby, which, by the way, dear listeners, if you want to see what would happen, read the uh, Cosmic Ghost Rider comics, uh, which is fantastic, where Cosmic Ghost Rider comes up against that very thing, Mm. and it's fantastic. Anyway, I I don't know. I thought that was more thematic. Like, I don't want to lose what I have. Like, I'm not saying that's not what he literally meant. I'm not saying that that's not how anybody would feel in that situation either. I guess more more to what I'm thinking is that it does it 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 seems like you don't re- you like you want to have your cake and eat it too there yeah. yeah but also too um if you're marvel um this is not i don't want to say uncharted territory but the idea of mixing the new world and the old world together in the uh in the um timeline uh, by the end is 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 what I think uh, actually makes the next Spider-Man somewhat interesting. So now. can I say one thing really quick? Yeah, which is this: 
Um, I pretty much don't think there are plot holes in this. Not because there aren't, but because mm. I just don't care. Yeah. <laughs> like, time travel is time travel, whatever. Yeah, I don't care. But I do have one question, because this seems less like a plot hole and more just like, did an I over, miss something? An oversight? Uh, yeah. In the very end, in the montage where you're seeing everybody kind of post the funeral, mm-hmm. do we see a scene with Ant-Man, and who is he with? Is he with, I mean, Scott, really, but is he with... Uh, with Hope. Hope with his daughter and his daughter and how old is his daughter there? I don't know. She's uh, like seventeen. See, I was actually thinking about this because like, he's she's her, he's, seventeen. He's, he sees her earlier in the film, right? As that age, right? Yeah. Right. So if she's seventeen, why is technically why is Spider-Man's friend still his age? Because he because he went away. Yeah. Yeah. He yep. went away. I yeah. think my he got, assumption he got snapped away. My assumption is that. All yeah. of Peter Parker's classmates got snapped too, and they all came back. No, that's no, why everyone's the no, same no, age. no, no. That's why it's going to be fun. I think which is what I'm saying is that theoretically half of them got snapped away. Okay. So when they go back to be in high school, half of their friends are now five years older. Yeah, have already graduated and like moved on, and so like they're well, going to have friends let, that are. But like, why isn't his friend? Because he got snapped away too. The friend he got did? snapped too. Yeah. So that means we Zendaya. That? I don't know, but that's what I'm assuming. That, that's okay. We're, we're well, we don't know that. Well, gonna, that's so thing that's is, a big thing. I, I just want to make you're saying that like it's such a. I'm not, I'm, okay. But that's the thing I, is I, that we do I, know I, that because his friend was there and he was also in school. Right. Well, his friend was there right. at school. Like, that's the only saying, way he could be that age. Yeah. If he got. Yes. I've thought about what you're saying, and my assumption is is that's what happened. All right. I guess. That makes I sense, and I hope that they at Alex. least throw one line of dialogue just to make it show that they've thought about it, because mm-hmm. that really confused me in the sense that, like... My guess is, is that's going to be a big part of the storyline in the next then film. why are they going on a yeah. fucking field trip? <laughs> because it, that's what high schoolers do. I didn't think of the fact that half of their friends would move on to be five years older, and then half of them would still be in and class. now they have to deal with that shit. Exactly, which means Zendaya also got snapped and came back because she's going to be in... Far from God, home. I really MJ. hope that Flash Thompson did not get taken. I hate that. Oh, uh, oh yeah, from, I know uh, what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that yeah. way, maybe we can get a different. All right, cast. I'm gonna I'm gonna close out my initial <laughs> thoughts. Um, you know, it's easy to like look at these films and say that they're very slight and they're generic and they have no substance to them. And you know, like a lot of those criticisms are right. And guess what? I'm not gonna fucking complain about like. Avengers Endgame being slight because if you had seen any one of the 21 other previous films in this fucking series, this is exactly like playing in the same easy bake mold as that. It's just more of it and like if you're into that type of shit, fine, that's cool. I'm not going to fucking complain about Frosted Flakes lacking a a, 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 a source of protein. Okay, I'm not going to eat Frosted Flakes for fucking dinner. Why the fuck are you going to Avengers Endgame for anything resounding like like, I don't know, like, pathos or, or substance or shit like that. It's a fucking movie spectacle. I don't give a shit. It's fine. So, yeah, it's a it's an okay movie. It's not a great movie. Uh, I don't think that it's the the cinematic, like, event of, of the decade or any shit like that. I think that's really overblown. Um, let's just let's just enjoy this moment while we can. And, uh, yeah, who wants to go next? I'll go next. Yes, please. Okay, Avengers Endgame. I, first of all, was looking forward to this being called Infinity War Part 2, but then the studio changed the title, and I guess I'm okay with that. So, um, I loved this movie. Still, um, still better. <laughs> Should have called it Avengers Time Heist. <laughs> Avengers Time Heist. I feel like, heist. here's my thing. 
when they decided that they were going to not name it Infinity War Part 2. Okay. And they were really secretive about what the title was going to be. Mm-hmm. I thought to myself, this better be something worthwhile. Exactly. And it wasn't. So, <laughs> yep. that's, uh, un- unfortunately... The Rise of Stark. <laughs> I'll somewhat agree with Tucson here, is that I feel like that's Marvel in a nutshell, where they're, like, trying to be like, look at what we have over here. <laughs> we have a crying gay man! <laughs> I mean, and uh, they come up with things that are just like, oh, okay. But at the same time, um, they also are clearly are have they've created um, this novelty in in this cinematic universe, and it has become wildly sick. Like there is no way that the new Star Wars is going to outdo what this did at the box office. No. Like, I don't think so. That's where this franchise no. has gotten. People were <laughs> yeah. uh, really uh, really mute when. The trailer for Rise of the Rise of Skywalker came on. I actually think Disney actually might be kind of worried about that. Uh, right I think now. they should be. Well, I mean, I, it'll still they have their good. loyalists. Yeah. They're going to show good. up. Yeah, but at the same time, like the like the last week of what this has been, mm. like Star Wars is in second place right now for yeah. Disney. If there's anything that Star Wars fans love, it's bitching about Star Wars. So there's yeah. always going to be like a lot of them coming out to. To, 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 you know, be part of the discourse. I mean, the sad thing is no one forces them to watch it. <laughs> <laughs> Please continue, Anna. Okay. Very proud of you. <laughs> well, uh, Infinity War Part 2 I thought was really... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Fuck Marvel. I, I thought was um, really, really good. Um, I... Went into this spoiler-free, thank goodness. I, I liked that going into this movie was pretty much an event. I had to wait in line. My boyfriend and I, uh, Tim, gotta give a shout-out. Um, so, hey, Tim. Um, hey. Um, also, <laughs> hey, I'm, go- I'm gonna stop mid-sentence to give a shout-out to my friends Christina and Janice that I did not do for the Mary Poppins episode. So, Aww. hello. Uh yeah, mentioning them by name is important. Hello! Christina is the person who's been on this show. Yes, she has. She's been a previous guest. Yeah. She said, according to her Twitter, that she was in the theater after everybody left and was sobbing. Yep. Aww. Yeah, no, I can attest to that. And then she cried more at, cried more in her car, too. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. yeah. So that's, that experience is the engulfing experience that yeah. I, I went through and many other people went through when watching this Sounded movie. Sounded like she needed some of those Marvel PTSD counselors that they had at the... Uh, <laughs> At the Comic Con. Oh my God. Oh God. Oh, I rem- oh yeah, I remember that. That was fucking awful. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway. Um. So, I. God damn it. Uh, loved that this movie was an event, and that I had to wait in line to get inside a theater, which I haven't done since seeing The Dark Knight at midnight, which was oh yeah pretty. That was like an event at the time too. Um. I loved the direction that this film took as a conclusion to this universe. Um, I like that it didn't feel too long, although the first act and part of the second kind of felt like it was dragging. Um, I liked, for the most part, where all the characters' stories went and all their arcs went. Um 
and I just loved this emotional roller coaster. And I've learned to love the um, the directing style of the Russo brothers because my favorite um, movie in this entire universe is The Winter Soldier. Um, so I think that the Russo brothers kind of taking on Infinity War and Endgame is was a very very smart choice. Um, so I loved this a lot. Um, wasn't a huge fan of Thor and no. what his character became. Um, Let's talk about that a little bit. I feel like most people weren't, um, but I did like all of the the uses of the time heist, as confusing as that kind of was. I did really, really, really like the ancient one. She was my favorite character in Doctor yeah, Strange. She's, uh, she's I great. think she is a powerhouse of a character, and I love Tilda Swinton. Me too. Um, I actually think she was um, perfectly put into this film because yeah. I think the idea of if they would have had this film and not had her in it would have been actually kind of awkward thinking about it. Yeah, yeah no, that's a very good point. Her whole like scene is like, I'm not going to give you the time stone. It's like, well, yeah, well, why would it only no, took three lines of dialogue to change your then mind? Why, then why would Doctor exactly. why would Doctor Strange give the time stone? It's like, what the fuck did you just say? And I'm just like, he's obviously like. Like, she trusts him enough to know... Like, she hasn't even technically met him yet, but she knows who he's going to become. Yeah. And just, like, to say that about him, that he's like he represents the best of us. And I was like, and if he had a plan, if he saw something, then I can trust him. I was like, that was really cool. There was I a, did think that was really cool. There was something on... Somebody... I don't know if it was on Twitter or somebody, <laughs> but I've not seen anybody write anything about this. But I am interested asking, why the fuck was she there? That it made no sense for her to be at that location. To be in the city? Yeah, that didn't make oh, sense. Oh, in the, it, at Dr. Strange's apartment before. Yeah. No, oh. no, at the Sanctum in New York. Because her oh, right. Sanctum yeah. was yeah. the one in wherever. Tibet or something. Tibet. Yeah. That it made it made question. no sense that she, yeah. she she was there because the plot said that she needed to be. Exactly. But. She was spying on Dr. Strange. Yes. And she was fighting the aliens. That actually does make sense. Um, yeah, maybe I, she just went there on vacation for the Battle of New York, basically. <laughs> Kind of. That's her vacation. I, she knew it was going to happen, so she knew she needed to be there. She has the time stone. Anyway, that's exactly true. Maybe she should have prevented it then. I did also. That's not a role. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I did. She's a, a woman. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah, Anna? Anna, please continue. <laughs> no, you don't get the privilege to do that. <laughs> I uh, I did also appreciate it. Also, the scene with the ancient one that they kind of cleared the air on the con- confusion of. The time heist, et cetera, et cetera, even though, like, whew, okay, time travel movies. But a plot hole that I did want to get off my chest that I didn't really appreciate about this movie. Um, so when everyone is coming back from um, the time heist where, coll- where they're collecting the stones and it's, like, past Nebula instead of present Nebula, nobody notices that, like, Nebula just goes off and does her own thing with the time machine and thus sparking um, the past Thanos army to enter this current timeline like nobody noticed mm-hmm. and I didn't like that yeah I mean so. in f- fairness they were at the moment where they thought that everything was being put back to normal so yeah. I mean they were a little and preoccupied yeah she stole her headpiece right and so there wasn't <laughs> there wasn't any indication that she looked different because headpiece. yeah headpiece but anyway, anyway yeah, that no, is that's just, just something that like annoyed me but anyway I Loved this movie. I cried like a baby the last half hour, all the way through the credits. Just did you stay for Iron Man's melt? Yes, uh, metal sound. Yep. 
That means that Iron Man's coming back. The blacksmithing, it? yeah. Wait, what? Son of a bitch. I heard Did that. Did you stay for that? No. Okay, so I heard let's... that Robert Downey Jr. just requested it, that it be in there. Oh, okay, to good. end it on a Iron Man note. Is that true? Are you making that up? No, no, that's actually what I, I hope so, because yeah. oh, okay. I hope that's what it means. So there was... To... It was a personal favor, basically. To Toussaint, because mm-hmm. you were not there for this, yeah. there was no end... There was no post credit scene. Mm-hmm. But at the very end, during where they showed the Marvel logo, you hear a blacksmith hitting iron a few times. Oh, and that's which it. Is Him, which is the actual sound effect from the first movie. I, thought it yeah. would, I, I think that it would be really interesting if, however the course of these films going forward is, like I would be interested to see another older actress playing Morgan. Because like seeing like Morgan interact with her father, it was just like, she's got... She's got what Tony's got. Like she's she's smart. Like I'm I'm looking forward to seeing like what that character could do if like she actually took up the mantle of her father, not necessarily being an Iron Man, but just like what about like an Iron Woman? Well, they already have that. Well, like, well, I'm just saying it's like maybe she could be Ironheart. But then again, Ironheart already exists as a character who is black. So I'm just like I don't know about that. I was like, let's do something else. Oh, so it's okay for black people to take on white roles, yeah. but it's not okay for the opposite. No. <laughs> No. Well, no. Uh, <laughs> Alex, um, my turn. Your, yeah, what are your thoughts? Okay, I was a big fan. Uh, I enjoyed this probably about the same as Infinity War, although I think I do prefer this film. Uh, I give them oh, the same rating. I'm the opposite. I give them the same ratings, but I fer- prefer Infinity War. Okay. Hmm. Um, I'm looking forward actually to seeing fight, this a fight, second time, fight. which is great because. Uh, some of the previous Marvel efforts, even though I like them, uh, I definitely will say that I feel like uh, there is a bit of fatigue in the series to where I've been interested to see it for the first time, but don't really want to go back and see it again in the theater. This is the first Marvel movie besides the Guardians movie, just because I find the soundtracks to be happening and hip, uh, <laughs> that I actually would not mind doing a return trip to the yep. theater. So anyway. And for a three-hour film, um, yeah. that's something. Uh, I went to the bathroom about two hours in, and I thought it had not been two hours yet, so I was pleasantly surprised about that. Um, so I thought the pacing here was actually not that bad. And for a three-hour film, it really, I don't want to say didn't feel like it, because there were parts that dragged for sure. Uh, but at the same time, there was definitely enough here to fill the three hours, which I'm really happy about. Uh, overall, I think this film did enough of the things I really wanted it to do to solidify its its spot on the mantle of being the final film of this phase or collection of films or the infinity story or whatever. I mean, the idea that they were going to have all these characters in the same film and also cameo back in characters from previous films um, and bring back previous storylines, close loops on different storylines. Robert Redford. Yeah, that <laughs> was too. a Robert Redford. That was a cameo that nobody needed. Oh, but it was Disney's there. got that come out of retirement money. Mm-hmm. But I mean, and also that scene we got Loki, which was cool and fun, uh, non-speaking role. Yeah, I thought, and we got to see how he uh, got away for his Disney Plus show. Exactly, so that was honestly one of the best uses of Loki, and he's got quite have, a few films. He's gonna have a Disney Plus I'm show. Not a Loki. Yeah, he's gonna have his own Disney Plus show, and then Falcon and Winter Soldier are gonna have their own. Disney Plus Although, show as well. Here's okay. the problem. Here, here, no, wait a second. 
Here's the thing, though, because I actually appreciated that, and I actually thought about that when I saw him go away. I'm like, oh, he's going away to be in his own television show. <laughs> but at the same time, uh, The Vision is also going to have his own television show, and his character did not uh, get a conclusion here. Uh, so, um, Yeah, but if The Vision is who he is, he can be rebuilt. Yeah, that's true. And I'm also, saying, like, like Jarvis wasn't Jarvis like n- no, that wouldn't make any sense. Jarvis is based on a real person, but they wouldn't, wouldn't put the right. real person in a right. TV show. Okay, no. never mind. Tom King's The Vision, if you want to see how. <laughs> yeah, uh, I've I've, yeah. I've I've heard that it's a it's, it's a great series, and I and I would to like to see watch. the kind of eternal life that a character like Vision. Can so have. I want to I want to talk a little bit about the Falcon and why I hate him. Um, oh, <laughs> he's a he was only care? in this movie for I know, 10 and yeah, and and Tucson yet, just really does not like the black characters. I really. I really don't like the Falcon. Falcon. Is Anthony Mackie? Yes. Yeah, okay. I, I really don't like uh, the Falcon. I like Rhodes. Like he's cool. I like T'Challa. He's cool. I think that the Falcon is the most useless fucking Avenger, and I wish he was actually one of the people that was permanently killed in Infinity War. He's going to be Captain America now. I mean, uh, yeah, they're all yeah, pretty yeah, useless that, outside of the course. Yeah, that that, uh, that, uh, that, I mean, that pissed me off. Like, I really enjoyed... Yeah, because he didn't have, like, an interesting, useful storyline like the Winter Soldier. No, really, I, I mean, know. Drax didn't do anything in this movie, I, and I, yet I, he had a line that said he was going to kill Thanos with it, his bare hands. Yeah, so, but he didn't. That, that didn't get paid off. I'm not saying yeah. it should have been, but I'm just saying, like, there, yeah. there's a, a lot a lot of people have nothing to do with yeah i i just i felt like why would you give i i know why why the reason is like you know they were friends and shit like that but they should have given it to bucky but bucky just seems like he's tired most of the time so i can see yeah, why he well, so, I, so, I, so i so i i can see why he wouldn't want to be like next captain america but it's like why did you have to give the shield to the most suck ass avenger I just, because um it happens in Falcon the comics was, sam was there when steve had no one yeah. he was on his left Oh, yeah, man, man, oh man, oh man! I actually really enjoyed <laughs> the old uh, Captain America moment. Uh, I didn't have like flashbacks to like saving Private Ryan where they age up. Uh, uh, what's Matt his, Damon? Yeah, Matt Damon. I thought that was really funny, but it's just like no. But it actually like really looked good, and it's just like yeah, I was he looked a little too much like Joe Biden. I was. That's what everybody <laughs> said, and I don't see it. I really? Was, I was I'm not really saying like, I look at it and I'm just like, yeah. they look nothing alike. But huh. they just he just looked like an old white dude. That's I, really funny. I was really. Okay. I, I, I would never have thought it without wow. people yeah. like okay. memeing it and whatnot. like the second after we went on screen, I'm like, "Holy shit, it's Joe Biden!" No, I mean you're not alone. <laughs> Millions of people thought that. Holy shit, he's traveling through time to try to get votes. He's he's traveling through time in order to raise money from the from the from history's richest oligarchs. <laughs> How does he keep raising money? Well, well, he used the time stone to go <laughs> back in time in I, order to talk to the guy who liked to electrocute elephants in I, order to get rid of Nikola Tesla. I will say, because of the way he sniffed Peggy Carter's hair at the end, I do kind of see the resemblance. <laughs> oh, oh! I'm sorry if that she felt uncomfortable, but I don't think I did anything wrong. Oh man! Oh my God! I will say though on a more not Joe Biden note. Yeah, let's let's put that let's I'm, let's put that in a box and put it sorry, at the bottom Anna, of the ocean. Uh, Anna, we were just trying to we were just biding our time. <laughs> God damn it! So please um, continue. So Steve got his happy life with Peggy, which just drove me to tears. Sucks to suck for her husband. I think that was her husband. No, oh, her husband's the Jarvis guy. I think that was her, um, her actual like husband. Husband. No, 
What? No. What are you uh, talking about? Whatever you're talking about, because I just don't remember which. Yeah, I don't even need to. I just assume that the idea is that he changed history. Not, yeah. 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 So, I mean, it wouldn't really suck because he wouldn't know. Yeah. Okay. So what I was trying. What if to they say. have any children? So, what if they have any children that are living currently, mm. like in real life? Yeah. Why well, would that matter? I don't think that she ever had children. I think that the her descendant, her like the the person that was oh, watching, you mean Sharon? Oh, yeah, Sharon. I thought Sharon was like that was like aunt that was Aunt Peggy. Oh, it was Aunt Peggy. You know what I mean? Right, right. right. Okay, yeah. I didn't even uh, consider the fact that you know Steve just kind of Steve didn't. Maybe the super soldier serum made him made him made him uh, sterile. I don't know. Who knows? Anyway, what's the difference? She's still not. Anyway, I just wanted to say that that part in the movie where you. You see that he gets his happy ending. And right. also, fun fact, the hey, hey. music that they're dancing to is the same music that plays in Steve's apartment in... Mm, Winter Soldier? It's either Winter Soldier or Age of Ultron, where Nick Fury breaks in his apartment. That's it's the same music Winter on... Winter Soldier. In, yeah, 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 Winter Soldier's like... That's the same song that's on in his apartment. Mm-hmm. So Steve still has the same taste in music. Yeah. Um, and then, while it didn't occur to me that this was his intent... When um, Steve goes back to 1970 with Tony Stark and he grabs those Pym particles, my train of thought was like, oh, okay, Steve's being nice and is grabbing those for everyone. No, the- no that's how they have to get back. Yeah. <laughs> and really, he Come was on. like grabbing those for himself so he could spend so much time with Pym. No. No? What? No. Okay. No, I don't think so. Yeah, they needed to get the Pym particles. They need to get the Pym particles because they, 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 they used what they had to go yeah. further back in time. But right. I, I think he actually did. Might, he might have actually like grabbed extras yeah. like, for that intent. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. No, That's that was my train of thought. Is that most more of them were yeah. for him. Right, yeah. Because once he saw her through the window, I was just like, oh my God, he's yeah. so alive. I was a little more off put by the fact that Peggy works for Hydra. Pe- Peggy doesn't know that. Mm, I don't okay. think. I, uh, Why do you think to he be went fair, back though, for her? <laughs> yeah but anyway i loved that and then i also love how like tony got to speak with his dad mm. like you know one last time There's, boy, there was... is another example of just terrible use of de-aging by marvel oh my god i, I gotta say the john whole... slider looks so bad didn't look that it was... didn't look like himself but no. i mean michael <laughs> douglas didn't look that great either but you didn't really see his whole face you know what he looked like he looked like and i hate to bring it back to back to the future <laughs> he looked like old marty in back to the future part two like <laughs> if only he had a second tie on it would have really just completed the outfit Floyd! <laughs> it I th- was not good fired! <laughs> jesus christ i remember when everyone was afraid of japan taking over the world and then the bubble burst <laughs> i remember were you alive then? No. <laughs> I remember learning about that, and I was just like, "That's kind of weird." It's like, why? Why was every? Why was that in there? It's like, oh, because everybody's afraid of Japan taking over the world because they were like buying up properties in America and like automotive industry and shit. And then the bubble burst. I was gonna say, in, I in thought that only Asian people could own technology companies. No, 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 no. That was yeah. no, that wasn't it. No, oh, okay. it was just a whole thing that was going on. We clearly have a different vibe going on then. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> back to Endgame. Uh, yeah, back to Endgame. I back I, to the future. I, Do you have anything else you wanted to add? I'm having a good night. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I thought the Howard Stark thing was 50-50 because on the one hand, that is a good idea for closure for Tony. Oh, yeah. But I definitely thought it was slightly weak in its scripting um, because 
I guess I felt like they put too big of a fine point on it where I thought it would have been a slightly better if it was more of a passing moment with a few words uh, exchanged between the two men. Like for it to literally... Linger on. Yeah, linger on and then culminate in a, you know, oh, he, you're, he'll be proud of you or whatever. Like that I just thought that was kind of like, I don't know. Like I, I just thought honestly that time back in that uh, era and that location could have been better spent with Steve in some way following Peggy a little more, but because they really... Like a creep? Pretty much. I mean, I mean, I thought that that actually kind of could have been executed well enough to be romantic longing, but, um, but because they were really trying to save the idea, I think, for the ending as to be kind of a twist, um, they just did not want to show her outside of a very brief glimpse, as if that's all we were going to get. So I thought that because that entire thing, the emotional heft was rested on the John Slattery character, who has really not been a big part of this universe whatsoever, even if he's supposed to be a big part of Tony's life. Um, I mean, he what? He's in one film where he's actually kind of in it, and then yeah, he's, he's in Iron Man two, which is pretty much unanimously the worst. Right, film. and then he's in another movie where he's killed off by Bucky, which is Civil War. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, I just thought I I felt like Tony's arc in no way across these twenty two films supported a father daddy issue talk, and was much more about Tony himself and his future. That I just thought. I mean, I know the comics have always had the Stark lineage as like a proud thing and a, a, a wealth of uh, or I should say a well of dynamic to pull from but these movies do not support I suppose I that. feel like there is a lot throughout the entirety of the series uh, you could even go all the way back to the beginning of the very first Iron Man film uh, of Tony having a really poor relationship with his father um, and the idea of him never being able to get closure on that I mean, even it's even played out in that ridiculous scene he has uh, where they have the de-aging of him uh, in Civil War, and he talks about how he never got the chance to talk with his father. So, I mean, I I, I get what you're saying, and yeah. I, I'm that's why I say I'm, it's fifty-fifty. Like yeah. it, it does work for me theoretically. There was something about it that felt off in a way that I felt like even Stark would not have treated it like a lifetime moment. I think that it just keeps coming back. Like there's, I think, three different places where they're actually having conversations like they're in that's what i mean the, it's such a the lab the elevator belabored, and then outside on the yeah base. it's such a belabored thing yeah that by the time they go for the fences i was like man i really want to see what they're doing in new york like it was just kind of <laughs> whereas if they would have just went all in with one scene which a would have made a lot more sense just due to time travel wonkiness like if he only got a moment to speak with his father but mm. i was like expecting him to just like be like, oh, I'm going to get in the limo with you. I just want to make sure everything goes okay. Yeah. Like, <laughs> So, um, just putting a bow on my initial thoughts. Yes. I, I was a big fan. I think I think the interesting part of, of, of the these both these films is actually the same thing that we talked about um, previously for actually years on this podcast before we got to the Infinity Saga, uh, which is that Thanos is basically a waste of time as a villain. Um, and I thought that... How can you say that? I thought that How they... How can you say that about Grimace? I thought they went... How can up... you say that about his Jolly Rancher chin? Goddamn. Are you done? Yes, I'm done. Okay. Scratched by Wolverine. I, uh... <laughs> I thought they went out of the way to have him not be in this movie. Mm. Well, I think he's a shitty villain, so I was really happy about that. I think that. most people do. Yeah. And... 
he's definitely a big part of Infinity War. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought he was fine in that. But here, like, he is not in this movie. Like, he's in this. He, no. might, he might have, like, nine minutes of screen time in a three-hour film. You mean you don't enjoy, like, him and his edgelord, like, plan to, like, bring balance to the universe by killing half of the people in the universe? Well, that's not even his plan in this movie. That plan's over. Yeah, and then, I... and now he just, like, he's, you know, he's literally like, yeah, so long as people, like, remember what it used to be like, they're never going to appreciate what they have, and they're always going to rise up against me. He so makes... I just need to destroy he the makes... universe and then remake you know, it in my image. Here, Here's so thing. that people will then treat me the way that I should be treated. Here's I was the like, problem. He's just a megalomaniac now. He, I was going to say, here's the problem with Thanos, and here's the problem with the way that that character was written in this film. For how everybody talks about throughout the entirety of Infinity War, of how his entire life's work has been spent about killing half of the people on Earth, he makes a pretty quick leap to say, you know what? That doesn't sound like a good idea. I'm just going to genocide everybody. Probably because he saw himself die. And he's like, oh, well. Well, I okay. I'll say this. I have always thought that Thanos was a very bad villain in these movies in general. I mean, from the very tease of him in the Avengers, right? He has like a line or something. He, is, he You see his face right. at the end of the Avengers. And then he um, has the terrible, I guess I'll do it myself in right. the post-credits uh, scene. And then you've got the Guardians moment and whatever. He's literally like, just laughing on his throne. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's just such a been a horrible buildup. So by the time we got to Infinity War, I thought that was, wow... Uh, I thought it was still pretty laughable, even though if I kind of like his plan as a foil for instead of just being this kind of like, I want to take over the world. It was like this very weirdly unthought through plan of like, I'm just trying to help everybody else. And I'm the only one with the stones to do it. Oh, <laughs> he's the only one with the stones. Oh, that's so good. <laughs> and I gotta say, I actually thought this movie saved his characterization mm. a little bit for two reasons, which is that A, I loved his opening stuff, um, the Thor beheading, the I fact think, that that Where just... did he get that t-shirt from? Like, where did he... <laughs> I, I actually thought that that was pretty great because it made me understand his plan a little more because now that I got to see him, I know they showed it for a moment, but you didn't know if that was going to be just a Windows wallpaper or if that was going to be actually what he was going to live in and whatnot. But the fact that he's just going to chill in this realm by himself... It kind of did speak to me that, like, this guy literally doesn't need anybody but himself, and he really thought he was doing something for the rest of the world instead of for himself. And so I love that characterization, plus the very abrupt uh, just killing of him. because oh, fantastic. Because, A, as, from a character standpoint, it makes perfect sense because he genuinely thinks it's done. So it's, he's not going to fight back. So that whole thing works for me. Now... While I think it's a little wonky, I actually also thought that to bring him back into the fold. So the oh, killing yeah. of him was great because besides the fact that it was wonderfully executed, um, it answered the one of the big questions I had, which is how are they going to have a three-hour movie where Thanos is still a villain? Well, you just get rid of him for a long time. Mm-hmm. Then when he comes back, actually, I thought that was pretty great because he's literally seeing a cavalcade of superheroes trying to undo what he did. And so if that's the case, like if his plan, then he's just like, I guess I'll just have to go back, go, go up to 100%. And so like, so yeah. I just thought that, the, and I'm not saying he's the greatest villain ever or whatever, but I thought this movie did a lot of kind of uh, retcon work of actually making me find his plan and his whole demeanor just to be kind of tolerable. And I whatnot. think that it's really, I guess, looking outside of even like the characterization of of Thanos in these films. I've 
sort of like sense the whole phenomenon of people reflexively trying to rehabilitate villains like in the case of like joker or something like that they try to rehabilitate thanos like oh thanos was right it's like oh it's like i don't think it was such a bad thing after all it's like you do understand like trying to apply a blunt simple answer to a complex problem is pretty much like the one of the defining traits of fascism right <laughs> like you're basically just saying that you're acquiescing to fascism which i guess nowadays is just in vogue so whatever <laughs> Just, just fucking cop to it, you fucking assholes. Yeah, um, I was a big fan of this film. Yeah. I actually thought Fat Thor was actually pretty great. Mm, I didn't. Okay, not a fan. that's okay. I'm, yeah. I'm pretty much with you guys in yeah. the sense that I thought it was hilarious in that opening scene. I like Thor, but I thought the moment. And I actually thought they had the perfect out, too, mm. where they could have redid it, where I thought that opening scene was fantastic, where, you know, he's at the, the his little hut with the rock dudes, he's mm-hmm. fat, I thought mm. it was great. It was kind of a pathos via humor type, like, mm. he's so far gone that he, whatever. Mm. All they had to do, because they established it earlier on in the film, was take him to the time machine and do the same thing they did to Scott Lang at first, and de-age him, like, one year, he'd be back to... Th- Muscular Thor, he gets to walk around and just be his I'm, own I'm self. I'm actually glad they didn't, though, because you know what? That would have been... The problem is they can't not comment on it, and, like, I'm just, like, maybe it was the audience, but, like, if you saw him do something for the rest of the film, it was somehow always a punchline. I don't know. I actually thought his scene with his mother actually was pretty fantastic. I really, I did well, like that, too. I that's agree. a great scene. That but lesson that was a, weird. That doesn't have to do with him being fat other than a few no, jokes. No, but it is very interesting to have him come in contact with her when the last time that he saw her was like the height of his... He had gotten his... Even though she was obviously had the ether inside her, he had gotten his girlfriend to Asgard even though she wasn't supposed to go there. He was going to be ascending to the throne mm-hmm. and then his mother died. And then really, if you look at it, everything's been shit ever since then for yeah, Thor. Yeah, that was kind of the... that was. That was all downhill from there. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, and let, let, let's let's be clear that that that's the truth. I think that like my contention with it is is that I feel like this film um, inadvertently conflated um, uh, Thor's uh, physical change with the effects of his PTSD, and that sort of oversimplified. That that yeah. that feels yeah, it's oversimplified, and that in the way that like you know a fucking fucking superhero movie oversimplifies shit and and it just felt it just felt gross in 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 that sort of way it's like i i i enjoyed watching thor fight i enjoyed watching thor fight thanos and stuff just to show like you know just because like he's 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 put on weight doesn't make him any less formidable fucking that's not really fair because as soon as the fight started he had the lightning come down and turn him back to normal size no he wasn't normal size like you you actually look Uh, at him his his stomach is still there he's definitely smaller i mean i think they just basically try to cgi it so that way not cgi it but just like hope no one really notices but here's my thing too if after he was introduced as Fat Thor, and that's the thing is, I just didn't care for Fat Thor. Like I liked his arc in this movie and all that, but mm-hmm. um, if they would have at least at one point during a battle scene show that maybe his new physique was not helping him in some way, like why is the fatness only a prevalent thing in his life if it's a joke? But why does he still get to be because Thor? I, I guess kind but of fat. What like, I'm saying just, is it was just stupid. Is he it was elementary? The the way that how I've always thought of it, at least, is in terms of Thor, is 
basically he can by having the lightning right, come down into it, he can turn into any form he really wants to, to be. Why this is just he... the way his like he, he emotionally he is super depressed and he has just allowed himself to become this even though he could go so back why to what he, he wants to be at any time. Back. <laughs> uh the moment he's <laughs> back in the game cuz he doesn't want to until he's fighting. I don't have a great answer for it. All I'm saying is I did, I actually didn't that really sounds like fat shaming to me. You oh choose to be fat. I will say, oh and God. most people have been a big fan of it, um, I thought everything with Banner and Hulk was fantastic. I like that. Um, I actually liked that, too, especially since uh, Banner, you know, went through a lot of things mentally throughout the series. And... Well, and the, the idea, I think it's pretty fascinating, actually, the idea of him always struggling between the two personalities and then just mm-hmm. saying, like, you know what, I'll just be both. Fuck it. Yeah. Let's, let's take photos and dab. I yeah. thought the scene in the diner was just so good and it yeah. seems like everybody in the theater thought it was really great too my favorite hulk scene actually is when they first get back to the uh first avengers and they see him like the old hulk just like beating the shit yeah. out of the car and, and he's like, he, like oh but then as they're like about to like go oh you got to get this out of your system right and he's like okay and he just goes and throws a couple of things he's like Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> he I like he like just hits the roof of a car yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh man that was awesome that was great i thought the diner scene um to be completely honest because i'm a child but scott lang saying just give me the just give him the goddamn phone back uh in front of the children was just one of the great lines. yeah i thought great, so yeah. too and then also um when I like how this was kind of like running throughout the movie because it takes note the pop culture behind it. Um, when Tony and Scott Lang are in the Avengers Tower and they say, oh, Steve, that outfit isn't doing anything good for your ass. And then Scott Lang is like, that's America's ass as that's far a, as I'm concerned. A, that is America's ass. <laughs> yeah. And then when that, Steve, that's the line of the movie. It yeah, is. And sure. then when Steve is fighting himself and he walks away and he goes, that is America's ass. That is America's ass. <laughs> yeah. They, they've earned that. Yeah. Steve's fight they with have. His, Steve, Steve, thick daddy. <laughs> Steve's fight with himself was weird because I'm probably the only one in the theater, so I'm a bit of an idiot like this. But at first, I thought Loki had transformed into Captain America. So I was like, <laughs> "No, no, 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 no!" I, I figured yeah. that I, I, out. I yeah, feel yeah. like that. That I feel like that in this would series, be an okay mistake that's certainly, to make. I mean, obviously, possible. My first thing was, "Oh, it's time travel, whatever." But yeah. as as someone, or I should say, as this franchise has done that a million times, that uh, that could definitely be something. But yeah. when when it um, a using the the idea of Bucky still being alive. Um, but then also using the scepter to kind of like put him to sleep, um, I thought was fantastic. And I'll mm-hmm. actually, uh, I don't know anybody who's seen this who hasn't seen a majority of movies before. But I feel like if someone went in fresh, that scene would make no fucking sense. Absolutely whatsoever. not. No, absolutely <laughs> not at all. Um, but yeah, that's what that's why I think this movie was a very good culmination from everything that's been established so far. Also, want to give a shout out to the scene in which the Hulk gives Scott Lang some tacos. That was great. <laughs> was, what a delightful man. Yeah. After I get in, what's his name? War a, Machine comes up and is just a huge asshole about yeah. it. Yeah. It, t- yeah. it took a very corny joke as far as Scott, you know, trying to eat food with the whatever. And then it just completely uh, salvaged that entire moment with him just handing him two little tiny tacos. It's so <laughs> yeah. great. Oh, it was awesome. I really liked Ant-Man in this movie. I, it's great. I loved him a lot. So. I'm funny. very happy yeah. that people like Ant-Man 
now because I think I was maybe one of the higher people on the first Ant-Man, which is not to say that Definitely. I actually I think like... you still are. Yeah, well, I still think that Paul Rudd's charming in anything he does, mm-hmm. even if it's a bad movie. Yeah. So I'm just so excited that this franchise actually kept going with that because I could also see them maybe being like... Well, I think, I think the character, much like Thor, has been on an upwards trajectory ever since the <laughs> beginning. Uh, and, you know, I think all the other characters have not necessarily went down, but... They're the two characters that throughout their films like have clearly gotten better as time has went on. Absolutely. Yeah. I um man, I was a huge fan of the scene um where Clint Barton was a Ronin. Uh and that was he's, pretty cool. Like seriously, that's a pretty dark scene for a Marvel. There's and, actually blood in it. Yeah. Which mm-hmm. was weird. I mean um, in a good way. And uh that's the guy from the Wolverine too, right? Yeah. It yes. Yes. Yeah. I thought when I saw him on the uh the premiere night thing, like he's like, Yeah, I was like I couldn't tell anybody that I was gonna be in this film. So I thought he was actually gonna be like a superhero character and I'm just like, Oh, I was a little bit disappointed by that, but you know. So I wanna give just an aside about Hawkeye mm-hmm. because um I think this is just me being ahead of a game, but ahead of the game, but I wanna see what you all gentlemen know Mm -hmm. the very opening scene with hawkeye and his family was great very awesome Mm. i read that fun fact about hawkeye after infinity war came out so going into infinity war the fun fact was that hawkeye's family got snapped but not him yeah so like going like seeing that as the opening credit opening scene i was like oh i already knew this Actually, I see. I didn't know that. Okay. I mean, I assume the that, moment yeah. the scene started, I would. I guess first I just thought, oh wow, he's gonna lose a daughter. Yeah, I thought and then he was, I was just like, lose oh, daughter, okay, yeah. he's gonna lose the whole thing or whatever. But yeah, um, yeah. and to, just to kind of uh, go off of what we were talking about the leftovers and what Nick mentioned, we talked about Infinity War when we talked about it last year. Um, God, it would have been so much better if people didn't like ash away and they just disappeared. Like, that is such a better payoff because him just, like, turning around and them being gone and be like, what the fuck? Like, that is just awesome. Because that's what happens in The Leftovers. And it, they, they just disappear. There's yeah. no effect. Like, and yeah, if may, someone's pushing a cart, that cart is just then rolling and there's and just nothing there. You if, know, you, if, if you, like, like, like if you can see people, like, you know, ashing away, like, you have an idea that something happened. Yeah. But if you, like, literally think they might just be, like... It's so much more fucked up, yeah. uh, and it would have, I think, actually played way better. In and the here film. it got the best of both worlds, because yeah. the entire reveal is just an instant whatever, and yet, just before the cut to credits, you do see the very kind of settling ash, just kind of whatever, Yeah, yeah. Uh, which I thought was good. Um, I also actually quite enjoyed his little moment, too, uh, in his, uh, where he gets to test out the time travel thing, which I thought was a very broody uh, good he has to go back right before he sees her face. Yep, which I thought was great. Yeah, you, uh, Nick. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Anna. No, you, you go first. I'm going to go into a little bit of a longer thing, uh, but I, I think you'll enjoy talking about it. Okay. So I think I'll take this one. Okay, go ahead. Okay. I know me and Nick both did not care for a certain scene in this film. Although I'm not, I'm kind of unsure, and I'm pretty sure you probably enjoyed this. And in fact, I know you did, Anna. Okay. Uh, and that is the scene where they return to Boromir. I think it is. No, no, not Boromir. That's a guy from Lord of the Rings. <laughs> Boromir. Uh, uh to get the Soul Stone from the Red Skull. Um, by yeah. the way, uh, I think we were screwed over. By the way, because Marvel had a really big missed opportunity here, where they had. Uh, Captain America going and bringing the stones back, and I think it would have been super awkward to have the uh, 
scene where he brings the soul stone back and gives it back to the red skull and he's like peace out bitches oh that'd been super weird anyways oh, yeah 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 anyways uh that scene i thought was super odd because it was beat for beat the exact same even the music cues were the exact same from the scene with thanos and gamora in infinity war and i actually think that that makes sense because it just shows the inverse of that of people who are not trying to find someone to kill to get the stone but they are trying to fall on the sword basically to kill themselves so that the other person can live and have the stone um but the way that whole scene played out i actually really liked but at the same time i just like it was so close to what the scene from infinity war was that I need like even the lines of dialogue from the Red Skull literally sounded like they were the exact same, and it was and maybe they were um, maybe he's like an animatronic uh, person at the beginning the of every See, Disney ride. Here's the thing, though, and <laughs> yes. this is this is this is and in in Marvel doesn't deserve this, but they got it from me in terms of my, my me thinking about it because I thought you know what his lines of dialogue would be the exact same because he's been waiting to deliver this speech for a long time and this is what he's always going to say so damn it i bet he's just like thinking like oh you know what i'm just gonna improvise this but then like they just show up out of nowhere he's like oh fuck script literally marvel didn't pay that guy to come back and they just replayed those lines it's that's how it went you literally read my mind because i was just about to bring up how like what everyone's thoughts were on the Black Widow Hawkeye exchange of them getting the Soul Stone because either way, heartbreaking. Yes. Didn't really expect Black Widow. Like, come on. I was not a fan of Black Widow dying. It makes be- much more sense that Hawkeye lives though because he has a family. So, yeah, so Captain Black America Widow, went back in time and and gave back the for, Soul for Stone friends, after. Like, no, I mean it makes Black sense Widow if you're going to do like a moral weighing of the scales. So yeah. Tucson actually had a very good point. Just so now. Captain America oh. just went back in time. To give back the Soul Stone, and Black Widow is dead now. Yeah, we. Yeah, yeah. What you just said. Yeah, unfortunately. And and I'm and I'm just like I know that she died to like save all those people. Like I know it's to save like half the universe. That's great. No, but it just seems kind of a waste to give back the Soul Stone after you've already sacrificed. But you have to make sure that you don't undo an event that happens before the. I'm just saying that. Yeah, I know. Time travel one hundred one. I know, but like. What, what I actually thought was going to happen um, was he was going to go through the time travel to go deliver all the stones back. And then when he was supposed to come back, it was going to be Black Widow. And he took her place. Which, and, that could have, but no, ooh, he needed to... Uh, that would have been very creative, but I mean, yeah. Steve he had to live to out pegging. his life. And yeah. he also had, definitely had, there was something going on we also, with him we, and Black Widow. We too. also missed out on the encounter sure. uh, between Captain America meeting the Red Skull. That's what I'm the, saying. Yeah. That would have yeah. been awesome. Yeah, be cool. I literally just said that, yeah, but sorry. that's okay. Yeah, sorry. Um, I was just not a fan of the Black Widow dying, not because I'm even that attached to the character, because I think she's been very underused by she's this gotta be back. franchise. Well, and I get that. She'll but, have her own movie. She'll have um, her own movie. Prequel. Which, fine, but... I felt like this movie, if it was going to kill her off, should have had her in it more. Like, I'm sorry, but I'm I just, I'm a, I'm a sucker for more traditional setup when it comes to death. And I just thought that was kind of Marvel's female problems in a nutshell. 
thinking that these flagship moments somehow make up for having an actual life leading up to them. And in my opinion, her dying was just as kind of lukewarm as the yes, slay queen moment that all of the women participate in uh, toward the end of the battle. Who run the world? Girls! Same thing with even, and I'm not even that against the moment, but the Captain America showing up and just doing her business. Now, her makes sense because she's always been a disconnected person from Earth right. at large. Yeah. Um, but that, that's a trend right there. None of the other male characters um, come close to that level of just peaks with not even valleys, but just plateaus of whatever. Um I will say I actually really enjoyed Nebula in this movie, even though I've let, I've read a lot of criticism about her characterization and her arc. <coughs> if anything, I'm sorry, but it's slightly more interesting, like what I just said, than what Marvel's been doing with a lot of the female characters to begin with. So maybe I'm just kind of taking it for granted because there was an actual story there. But the idea that in this movie... Nebula and Gamora are in basically reverse roles in which Nebula is trying to get Gamora to see the light and save her in a way that Gamora basically did for her uh, in this kind of never-ending cycle of actual kinship and sisterhood. Uh, It's just not something I thought we would have gotten from the moment they first landed on screen back in Guardians of the Galaxy. And I actually thought that was brilliant. And not only that, but that it sets up a future now, or I should say the present timeline, in which Gamora is kind of now the Nebula character and vice versa because Gamora is in no way... Are are they gone? No, I thought they were... At at the very end, um, Star-Lord has Gamora's face on the screen with a searching function. But they can't find her. Right, right. Right, so that's probably going to be the plot of... Right, but it'll be more of a but, walkabout type thing, like got a soul but searching. But, but I, I don't know the answer to this. Were they killed off on Tony Stark's snap though? Since they were part of Thanos' team. No, she I don't think so. No, no. Nebula... she wasn't technically part of the sure. team. Okay. No, I don't think so. He probably snapped his fingers in order to like. I think he mostly got disappear. Just... Everybody that was attacking. Right, Earth I don't at think that he. Time. Yeah. And Gamora's I not attacking. That. I think it's more of a mental exercise, not a anyone. Attached. I don't remember Nebula being with. The Guardians at the end. That's the only reason I'm saying that. I thought she was in the ship. She was. No, okay. she was in the ship. Yeah, I thought yeah, she, she was. Then there you go. And then the scene between her and Peter, which I thought was great. Oh, yeah. Um, because, and I think that's going to be her characterization in the yeah. net, which is that she's very much alive, but she obviously has no affection whatsoever for this makeshift family. Are you telling me that like this is the guy? It was like, yeah, it was, it was kind of a choice between him and Tree. So, yeah. you know, like... So. Um, also, too, the idea of uh, Gamora's character, I actually completely agree with you, Nick, because the idea of her character uh, basically being Jan Brady throughout the entirety of the Guardians of the Galaxy series and then uh, pretty much deciding to kill herself and that's how she's going to save everybody else um, is, is pretty It's pretty deep for Marvel because they don't really go very far, as Toussaint has alluded to earlier on the episode, in terms of storylines and arcs and everything like that. Like they don't really go for things like that. No, they don't. So that no. was, that was good. We could talk about, uh, everything involving Iron Man at the end of this film, which I think actually is really the only way this whole story could have ended. Although I think that it could have been a little bit of a different presentation. Um, but at the same time, Iron Man being the reason why everybody dies and also pretty much, 
pretty much um, sacrificing himself for mm-hmm. the greater good yeah. is absolutely fantastic. Yeah. Um, shows a complete story arc from the very beginning of the MCU until the point that we arrived at um, of him not giving a shit about anybody else other than himself and also making weapons that kill people and then using this makeshift weapon to save people by killing all the bad people. I just feel like he um, keeps on like learning this lesson over and over and over again. And just he doesn't like a, learn any lessons and, and, throughout and, the entirety and, and of the MCU. That, that's what I'm saying. Is like he's oh. he's meant to like learn this lesson at the end of a film, and then like it just is but a think hard about it reboot. This way, he doesn't. It's not just that he finally learned the lesson, but he kind of realizes maybe he's the reason why he's not learning the lesson. So that's why I just thought it was like an ultimate good capper because. If you don't learn it without backing up your words, yeah, and like, I just don't think he would have did that twenty two films ago, and I yeah. feel like he's done enough shit since then, including the events of Iron Man three, where he suffers from the PTSD and whatnot. I just yeah, but he, even in that film, he continuously just tries to throw his own creations at things, and it's like, yeah. look, I saved the world by creating the Iron Legion, and it's like you just keep doing the same things over right. and over. But I just thought this was actually it made perfect sense because while. Agreed. It, well, I mean, you're going to have that with any character in these movies because there's only one. I mean, technically speaking, Captain is always just a morally upright person trying to navigate know, a murky and, yeah, and, and morally ambiguous world. This is kind of no different because in a sense when he goes back and I think the idea of him going back to Peggy was him making a very uncaptain like choice and finally making a Steve Rogers choice. Yeah, that's true. Um, so that's what I mean about the kind of complimentary dovetailing of Iron Man and uh, Captain. So I, I don't know. I, I'm completely with the idea. I'm not saying it was like the, a great moment or it was amazingly executed, but the idea right there is, is sound. It's the you know him basically kind of saying maybe the greater good, as Alex alluded to, is a world without an Iron Man, or at least a Tony Stark. Mm-hmm. Now, it, that doesn't mean that that is objectively true, but the idea that he's even considering that and then chooses it is a powerful statement in and of itself. Yeah. Okay. I loved the scene at the end where it was Tony making his sacrifice that made me really sad. Yeah. I love the part where uh, where Spider-Man could not get out of the way. And he had to be pushed aside so that his fucking wife could, like, have her last words with her husband. To be fair, if I was Spider-Man, I would not have any fucking clue that his wife would just be there. That's true. I'm just saying, like, I actually, when she walked in, I'm like, Pepper Potts is here? Like, I completely missed that. I know they did show her, but I didn't know that that was... the last one that speaks with Tony... No, but she was. She was I know that's what people. That's what people whooped at. But I didn't oh. see that, that. I didn't realize that was Gwyneth Paltrow until I thought back on it. Because oh. I only. I mean, with those kind of suits and shit, you see a face, and I actually thought that was stupidly um, the Wasp. Um, oh, okay. Oh, not yeah. the but the other the Janet. Um, oh, uh, Michelle Pfeiffer's. Yes, yeah, I thought that oh, was her in some gotcha. weird NECA suit at first, just because mm-hmm. I was just thinking of whatever. And um, and I've never seen Pepper Potts. Has she ever been in a suit before? She um, was in Iron Man three, like she? Okay. momentarily, but she okay. did not fight. In right, the right. Suit. Yeah. So anyway, that's just what I assumed it was until I saw her walk on that, and I realized, okay, that was her, or whatever. Um, but to be fair, I think the moment in Infinity War between Peter Parker and uh, Tony is a lot more genuinely heartfelt than pretty much any moment that Pepper and Tony has spent together. Like, their romance is not a 
thing that I care about particularly. Mm-hmm. So the fact that Spider-Man got to do the inverse of what uh, yeah, I mean, the Tony most, was basically failed to do because the, he doesn't comfort him at all. The most involved their uh, relationship is is in Iron Man three, right. and and that was like ten films ago. And it, it's weird. Iron Man three is weird because he kind of has Happy Hogan go after her when he thinks she might be having sex with somebody else, yeah. and yet he's been fucking doing that forever. And yeah. so. she doesn't show back up in his life or the audience's life until Infinity War. I mean, yeah, I know she shows yeah. up in Homecoming yeah. Yeah. for whatever, but in general, we don't... So the idea that I'm supposed to... I just... I well, there's care. this weird... There's this weird story arc in Civil War Two where she's left and then oh, he doesn't. Yeah, yeah that was that bad. felt like maybe Gwyneth <laughs> wasn't going to come back. So I, I wish they there, thought that. Right. I wish there was a moment in an Endgame, like after Tony passes away, where she just turns to Morgan and is like, "Don't worry, Morgan. Like we're going to be taken care of. Like Stark Industries. Like he's he set out a, a, a little." Like nest egg for you, and we're gonna make tons of money off of Goop. Set a little nest oh egg God. for you. We're gonna make tons of money. Off he of left goop. you ten thousand yeah. dollars. <laughs> You're totally fine. Even Happy and Morgan's scene. What was a great moment. Better than anything, yeah. in my opinion, that yeah. Pepper Potts that, that had. Cheeseburgers that cheeseburgers reference too from the, the first. That's movie. such a that's such a small thing. And I'm just it like, was I'm, gonna, great. I'm gonna get you. I'm gonna give you as many t- cheeseburgers as Clearly you want. Clearly, John Favreau's had no problem finding cheeseburgers between. Them. <laughs> oh, oh my God. Shit. He has put on a lot of weight over the years. Oh my god, he really um, has. It's called that Lion King weight. <laughs> I do want to say though, with that end fight, I was so prepared for Captain Marvel to straight up defeat Thanos, and when it wasn't her and Tony instead, I was like, "What the heck, man?" I like, but she destroyed like the main ship. I mean, so. yeah, that was pretty much like a do or die moment in the sense that yeah. without her, whereas without a lot of these characters, that yeah. battle could have still been it won. Was, it was like but, when Thor showed up in Infinity yeah. War; like they were fucked until they they showed up, and then it was an even playing field. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But yeah. basically, I was just happy that like. Captain Marvel showed up at the end, but she was only in it, only in the movie for a total of, I think, what I found online was 15 minutes. And I was like, Ugh. Even that sounds high. Um, Come on. Because she was the last film, that doesn't really bother me. Because... I mean, that was kind of, especially, like, after Black Panther was such a big deal, and he was, like, barely in either in, of these films. In, in yeah, that's true. Especially. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> that was... Okay, let's talk about. But Black something. Panther also had a pretty big role ish in Civil War. So, That's true. I, yeah. Just as far as like Captain Marvel actually hasn't even really had anything outside of her own. But movie. she just had her first film, so. That's what I mean, though. But outside of that, like he had a storyline before his movie even got to yeah. start. Uh, let's talk about this, and and I'm, I had thoughts about this, okay. and that is, and we talked about this last year when we talked about Infinity War, but. Who are these people who did not think that the characters were coming back? I think they do think that, but they are just playing it up. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I get what you're saying in the sense that, like, how do there you were people in... when Black Panther showed? But that back is such up? a, in my opinion, voluntary reaction, not a involuntary. It was whoopee. loud. Oh yeah, really? The, yes, the people and, in our theater were like, here's how, you, here's how you know, though. Here's how you know. Because then they kept doing it yeah. for every establishing shot of every person that walked through a portal. Yeah. I mean, by the time a fucking Drax walks through as like, you know... <laughs> a fifth, Drax. I'm just saying... You the, make him sound like he's a character from a Dr. Seuss novel. 
Uh, but In he's a way, like he the, kind of is. Yeah. But he's, you know, the 50th person to show up through one of these. <laughs> and people are like, <laughs> and it's just kind of, that's what, <clears throat> I agree with Toussaint in that I actually, in this entire movie, I think it's the first time I've had a Marble fanboy moment where I kind of was like, who I felt that moment, where it, which was the captain picking up the hammer. Yeah. So when my theater did cheer for that, like I totally understood that because that's just, that's a moment, you know? You can't take that back. You can't whatever. It, it happens and it goes with it. Whereas the portal thing, I was like, no, no, yeah. nope. Yeah. There were also were... Um, wax on, wax off. And... and it's hard because it's not that I don't understand it at all because I do understand that people were very emotional about uh, the last 20 minutes of this film, as you were alluding to, Anna. Um, but He's going to call you a baby right now. Well, I was... mean, in I, I in my defense, I did a full face of makeup and I cried for half an hour and none of it came off. So, wow. Well, that is That's a skill. feat among itself. That's Thank skill. You. That's a super Wait, does that power. mean you're really good at makeup or you're really good at crying both (laughs) i don't i i just felt like during the right after the tony stark thing (laughs) right after tony stark dies i mean there were like people like you could hear like a good majority of the theater blowing their nose and be like (laughs) it was like princess dies funeral i was wow my god no, I, 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 that's, oh, no. I was going to say it. Uh, oh, boy. <laughs> you can't say anything that. No, I mean, I'm, I'm, <laughs> that's it. A thousand, a thousand starks in a wind, in the wind. <laughs> no, I, um, but I'm, that part was not, I mean, it was, it was understandable but at the same time i thought it was a little overblown at that early part of it not up until the very end of the film which is much more emotional in my opinion but then i want to go back to a whole nother aspect of it which is that this is just another example of people in the theater having no fucking idea how to act in a movie theater anymore (laughs) and it is becoming abundantly clear that we're not going to be changing that yep that as time goes on, people are not going to get better. They're only going to get worse. And it's yep. fucking a terrible realization to come to. And like my wife said, maybe it's okay the movie theaters go away in terms of mainstream. Because no. maybe we should watch no. movies at home. No. 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 Why? Because I have to listen to some woman have a fucking full conversation on her phone during the movie sitting right oh, by yeah. me? Yes, because oh, if that allows me to go see other indie and foreign films in repertoire theaters, because those will not be able to exist without these. Yeah. Sure, I'll take that every day. You gotta uh, take. You gotta take the. You gotta take the bad with the good. Who are we if we do not want this at all costs? No, yeah. I, Thanos. <laughs> like you gotta tolerate. You can make every like, fucking time. You really, I go into a theater with reserved seating. Yeah. somebody oh. has to be in my seat. I agree, and it pisses me off to <laughs> no end. And, yeah, um, I'm with you. I just. I will take the pain and the agony. I mean, yeah. it's. You I will know. too. It's just. It's just. I'm just. I'm. I'm just hitting the point. Look, where if I'm somebody just was very frustrated, if somebody was talking <sighs> during like Infinity War, I'm sorry that I, I kind of expect that from like a like a more of a, a, a populist fair sort of like superhero film that like somebody's going to show their ass during like a really 
like big event film. Like, oh, so I'm just going to the film because it's here and yeah. other stuff like that. But if they were doing person in if, front of me with on the phone, if they were at least if, a good, we had that one person who phone rang um, multiple, <laughs> multiple times. times. Yeah, I mean, it's once is like whoa, four times is like, like walk are, are the you, fuck out. You're not gonna answer that. Yeah. <laughs> what if that's your mom and like? I mean, just like. I don't know. It's emergencies happen, man. Anyway. In my theater, there was a baby. That's so worse. That, I hate that shit. That was that was like basically it just was not a good thing for anybody because Debra- I was like, I just hope that baby's. Okay. I kicked a baby yeah. out like, of yeah. a theater yeah. on Mother's Day. Yeah. Um, <laughs> when I took my mom to go see the Seth Rogen comedy Neighbors. Yeah. And <laughs> it was Mother's Day. <laughs> <laughs> and direct, and it was a full theater too. So we weren't the only ones who were pissed off. Mm-hmm. But um, because I had worked at that theater previously, and I knew people there, it oh, was yeah. just not you, a you, problem you. for me to literally just walk out of the theater and be like, "Hey, there's a fucking baby <laughs> in my theater in that rated R movie, which children are not allowed over." Anyway, yeah. so um, we the usher came up and was like, "Ma'am, because that baby would not shut up." Yeah, um, would not shut up. With that, that person. Here's the greatest thing, though. So it was a. <laughs> With a young couple who clearly had a newborn. They really wanted to obviously go out for Mother's Day. Sorry, but you don't get to do that if you have an infant. Now, the usher came and talked to them and said, like, you, you do need to take the baby out because he's not being quiet, whatever. The mom, the young woman, basically apparently was totally fine with the dad just taking that baby out so she could sit and watch the rest of Neighbors, which I was like, damn, that's cold-hearted because if you need a Mother's Day out that bad, then why did you even bring the child in the first place? Yeah. Like, yeah. And also... You know, I could see if it was like Schindler's List or something. Like, <laughs> I got to see how this ends. But neighbors, I just, I don't know. In in my theater, though, what I think was happening is that this baby was sleeping and then it was crying when it got woken up. And that happened a couple times. But at the same time, I was like, man, I hope that baby's okay. And I know you feel bad just... for the baby. Why? No, I said you feel bad for the exactly. Baby. Yeah, because I mean, what's they going on on this? screen is loud and d- disturbing to them. So I agree. They wanted to watch Lorax, not yeah. Neighbors. And if you're going to do that too, I don't know when you went, but like Saturday. Guess, okay, so exactly. You, you really want to bring an infant to a, and you want to try it. You bring them to a weird screening time, whatever. You don't go either opening weekend. You don't go. Mother's Day, when you know that people are bringing their people out. I'm just saying, like, you just don't do that. People don't give a shit. No, they don't. But, like, even the person that vaped in front of me in Zootopia, (laughs) at least that's a funny story because that was 9.30 on a Tuesday night. And even if it did piss me off, like, I understand the stupidity that goes into making that decision because I was the only person in the theater. I just also happened to be a pretentious film snob. (laughs) So it's just, I don't know. Happened to be as if there were another outcome for Nick Cheney. Pretty much. For yeah. a Nick Cheney. That's right. Even uh, his wife was like, damn, can you go sit down over there? Because <laughs> I kind of coughed, basically. And so he like literally just, like, the child and the mom stayed where they were in the middle, but then he just <laughs> went all the way to the end just so he could vape, which is fine with me. Just don't, like, it's a f- empty theater, and you sat in front of me, the row in front of me, so you can blow smoke. That actually happened to catch these, catch these clouds, bro. To me and my family when we saw Prometheus, but like we, <laughs> we, we like it wasn't a person vaping; it was just us few, just and then, chain smoking, and the then theater. like a few people 
the only other people in the theater sat right in front of us. And we were like, what the fork? Yeah. Like, I just like that you went to see Prometheus with your family. Hell yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. I, you know, and I just, I will admit, because of what happened that Nobody night. Nobody would run in a straight line. What the fuck? Let's go talk about this at Pizza Hut. Yeah. But I will it's say. It's a Christmas movie. Um, it's, <laughs> it's never happened to me again as far as the story of Zootopia. Because I did get proactive and I did go out and buy a vape whistle. Um, I just. <laughs> I don't want people to be able to invade my personal space like that. I feel like the next movie you're going to see, someone's going to vape in the theater in front of you again, and it'll just be the luck of the draw. (laughs) (laughs) I think that was... I don't know. I don't know how to feel about that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think you just made fun of rape whistles. No. I made fun of whistles. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Wow. Oh I'm okay God. with it. <laughs> wow. Oh, Jesus Christ. Um, okay, really quick. Oh. Before we I would final... rather not live in a world in which rape whistles could even be made fun of because of their existence in and yeah. of itself. Yeah. But I'm sorry. I make fun of whistles. Okay. <laughs> before we get to final ratings, one thing that I will say is that uh, at least we got the earlier scene where Thor got to behead uh, Thanos because that was awesome and was a very cool scene to have. Um, but uh, I felt like even though thematically it very much made sense uh, just to have the inverse of what happened at the end of Infinity War... I felt myself as a fan and as somebody who likes very abrupt closure to villains, um, I felt myself feeling that the ending of this film was a bit anticlimactic. I can see that. It uh, weighs its portal entrances, battle, whatever, way too heavily as being more important than any sense of coherence and whatnot. Um the I'll say this about the climatic battle. The reason why that scene works as well as it does and then also doesn't work at all is because it goes all in on in no way staging a battle, but only staging moments to just play one after the other until it is time to then show the moment in which Tony does a sacrifice. But as a as a showcase of editing and whatever none of it makes any sense as to how this battle is starting and stopping for any of this shit to happen just so that these characters can have their moments and whatnot um i mean there were each moment in and of itself is individually cool and thought through as far as like oh this character would do that this but it is uh over or i should say unwieldy and just um I think that's why it's anticlimactic because it's bloated by the time it even arrives. I think the ending is more anticlimactic to me. Just like I everything f- after the battle? no, no, no. Everything that that after the snap, that everything about that is just like oh, okay. Well, this is done. I guess we don't have to worry about this anymore. Like I seriously wanted someone to have to kill Thanos, and that's what I was hoping for. And I mean, I guess but he Iron was Man undone by does. his own. I know, I understand that, and that's why ultimately, like, I, I you got the best of both f- worlds. You got literally, the, I did the beheading. I and did. That's what, that's what I'm saying. I'm not. It's not like I'm like furious or something like that, or thinking that it's like this horrible sin that was, yeah, ruined the film for me or something like that. But at the same time, I was like, oh man, I wanted everything. No, and I, I totally get that. I think thematically, what's interesting about the idea of that, even if it wasn't executed amazingly, is mm. that. 
it's kind of cool that superheroes were literally only trying to work together to undo a mistake and not to kill. Like, yeah. as much as that's what usually it comes down to, like, and that's fine, but this felt like a weirdly kind of throwback to people banding together for the greater good, not the, let's kill this son of a bitch. <laughs> let's all agree to commit a murder so that other murders don't happen. <laughs> yeah. So. Yes! It's pretty much what it was, though. So. Yeah. So. I mean, I'm not saying it wasn't. I just meant that thematically it's kind of more interesting that it's the snap and the timeline. And uh, I don't know. They'll, they'll all be fucked if they don't kill him. Right. Yeah. I just meant it wasn't as bloodlusty as some superhero villain fights are where it's like... General Zod. Right, like where it's like, yeah, it's like the kill shot is why you came. And it's like, well, I mean, I don't know that they're happy that they're doing this. <laughs> Yeah. I, unless you're in an Zack Snyder movie. Yeah. No, I'm just kidding. If you're in an Zack Snyder movie, you're doing that, and then you're sobbing about it two minutes later. <laughs> so who's ready for some final ratings? I am. I am. Okay. Me. Do you want to start first? Or do you okay. Want... I'll, 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 we'll, go, we'll go back around the so, opposite way. Yeah. The opposite way. Yeah. So right. I'll go start... back to the future. Okay. okay. Die hard. <laughs> I was... of time machine. Yeah, damn it. <laughs> I was a big fan. Um, I give this a four out of five. I feel like there's a chance I could give it a slightly higher rating uh, upon seeing it again. So I'm looking forward to hopefully seeing it this weekend uh, for a second time. But at the same time, I I thought that this really delivered and it being a final film of a series, especially a series that had this large of a scope uh, as it did. um, This really landed and if you compare it to other ending entries into things like Return of the Jedi or um, um, sh- I can't even think of the third Pirates of the Caribbean, not Dead Man's Chest. At World's End. World's End. You should know that. I know. That's one of my favorite series ever. Um, a lot of those just got to their final entry and just completely shit the bed. And this not only did not fail but also excelled in a lot of areas all while doing it with all these characters and bringing them back and having their characters have purpose uh, and bringing back characters from previous entries uh, that were previously either killed off or just not existent anymore. Um, And also brought closure to the two main characters throughout uh, the entirety of the series, which are Captain America and Iron Man. Uh, So this really, and it also hits so many different emotions throughout, even if I did not, cry or sob or anything like that i understand why people did because i did really feel sad throughout the ending of this film and throughout other parts of this film and this film is also actually pretty hilarious throughout parts of it and there is fantastic action throughout like this really does check a lot of boxes in a good way and i just had a good time at the movie theater seeing this i think that at the end of the day that's probably the most important aspect of this film is that this was just a fun film and just another super high-quality entrance from Marvel into their cinematic universe. Um, And I think that's probably the most important thing out of all of this, is that Iron Man started this series, you know, 11 years ago or whatever it was. Um, And going back this past weekend and watching The Incredible Hulk and watching the first Thor and seeing those films that were both... uh, well, our, uh, Hulk was Universal and uh, Paramount uh, distributed the first Thor. 
And seeing where it's coming, I'm not saying that it's a great thing that Disney has all the eggs in their basket and they dominate the world and they're collecting all the billions and all that shit. But at the same time, just seeing where the series has went from start to finish and where we've come technology-wise, where we've come with uh, you know story beat-wise throughout the series, you know, this has established a very very strict method throughout but at the same time it has established a very successful financial and also storytelling wise method um and it has really had to develop that over time and it just completely paid off i thought in this final film and even though it has its faults and i don't think this will ever be a perfect film because there are things about it that i just wasn't that crazy about uh especially some of the structure and also some of the timing uh even though i thought the length was okay but it just kind of had a hard time keeping even keel throughout it's hard to justify a three-hour film when you've had 21 films leading up to this like no matter how epic this can be it's also kind of like you couldn't have used any of that prior time to like i just think that's where some of its kind of imperfect faults come yeah 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 but this was fun, and it was a good time at the theater, and I enjoyed seeing it, and I also was sad to see my favorite superheroes go, even if they'll be back in some form. At the same time, um, this really accomplished a lot of what Marvel was setting out to do, and uh, I think it did it pretty spectacularly. So it's a four out of five for me for Avengers Endgame. You were so overwhelmed by how much you enjoyed this experience that you ran out of the movie theater without the rest of us in your group. That's true. I was not feeling well last week, so I went to go use the bathroom. So I got so confused for, for a moment when that happened because I thought you were actually... The last person in the world who would leave well, yeah, for, and, as the credits are starting. Right. Yeah. And then like they were sitting, because it was me, Alex, Alex's wife, and then uh, our friends Kenny and Jenny, yep. mm-hmm. uh, co- old co-host Kenny and his wife Jenny. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when you left and I didn't hear any conversation or whatever, I was like about to go with you, but then I'm like, no one else is moving. Mm-hmm. So then I just sat there for a moment and then they started talking about whether there was a post credit scene. So then I chimed in and said, no, there definitely isn't. Mm-hmm. And then we got lost and there was a back, <laughs> there was a back entrance That's to this. Leaving the movie theater. Yeah, there was a back yeah. entrance to this theater that we were in yeah. that took you to a, to the upstairs because we were so high up in the theater. Yeah. Um, yeah getting high on our own supply. Um, So we went out the back door of this theater and we found ourselves literally looking over the actual lobby and uh, we were like, oh wow, this is weird. And then we went through an exit and that was a fire exit and it was a very big ordeal. Cantera used to be a like majestic movie theater. Yeah. When it first opened, they had 30 screens there and they had this, those theaters since they you know they've taken out a bunch of the seats because they've put in the reclining seats and they have a much much smaller seat count in their theater those uh four theaters in the middle area in which we were in one of them were fucking massive and the idea of how many people were in them like hundreds and hundreds of people in those theaters but you but it it would literally be faster to go out the top and then go down the stairs and now like you just never would think that. And another note about those theaters, those particular, the four big ones, yeah. they're too big for reclining seating yeah. because we are up in the top row, which I don't usually mind, but not only are we up in the top row, it, the theater itself literally like opens up on the left and the right 
instead of being a rectangle or like straight line as far as like these are the walls, it's just kind of like almost like a stadium just keeps kind of curving around just so you can keep adding a few more seats or whatever. And the partitions in front of the goddamn leather reclining seats are so tall that, yes, a short person like myself has to sit up just to make sure that I can see over a freaking brick wall that's in front of me. <laughs> like, it makes no sense whatsoever. It's a poorly designed movie it theater. Is. Anyway, fuck you, Cantera in Warrenville, Illinois. <laughs> Anna, what were your thoughts on this movie? Um, my thoughts on this movie, my final rating is four and a half stars out of five. Woo! Because I... Four and a half starts, did you say? <laughs> oh. Four and a half... The North will remember that. Four and a half Dark Industries out of five. Um, Ooh, fun. I loved this movie um, bouncing off of a lot of what Alex has said and what everyone has pretty much said so far. I think it was a great conclusion to this long saga that um, has been with us for the past 11 years. Um, I think uh, a movie that can really get at your emotions a la Disney. Thank you. I am a slave to you, unfortunately. <laughs> oh boy, you're 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 Just saying that really... 10 years too early. You're saying that 10 years hey. too early. Am I? Brittany um, said it first. I know she did. So, I mean, she was a musketeer, so I mean True. Anyway, Team Brittany. Um so I just am so, so happy with how this turned out, even the unexpected things, um, such as the death of Black Widow. Um, I am just, excuse me, I'm at a loss for words. Yeah. Um, I am so happy with everything. I'm happy that... Captain America got his happy ending. I'm glad that everyone came back for a final fight. I'm glad that all of the characters, we saw them grow and change to be what they ended up being and what us as an audience saw them grow to be. Um, And I am really just so happy that I saw this in theaters. And I think any movie that can shamelessly make me cry in my seat is very good can, so can i say really quickly just to cut in i have to go on the exact opposite of what tucson said i am super pumped to see what captain america is going to look like with sam wilson playing him because the idea of captain america being able to fly i don't know there's some about that yeah i'm excited for that too don't roll your eyes at me. I have nothing. I have nothing against so, Falcon as a character. I just don't like Anthony Mackie's portrayal of Falcon. I just think he's boring. Maybe they'll replace him with uh, Terrence. What's, with what's Don his name? Cheadle? No. Terrence Howard. Terrence maybe Howard. maybe Ew. they will. He's maybe they back. will replace he's him with Don back. Cheadle. And John, Don Cheadle will be like like he'll Don, play that. Don Cheadle's though. war machine will walk up to Falcon and he'll be like, "Hey, Falcon." And he'll be like, look, I'm here. It's happening. Let's just do this, okay? Like, just like what happened in Iron Man 2. But then War Machine takes his mask off. You see that now that's Terrence Howard. <laughs> and like we just said, uh, what's his name? Don Shields is now Captain America. And then all of a sudden they're like, Iron Man, you're still alive? And then Christopher Plummer rises. And he's like, <laughs> I'm back, bitches. Yeah. Um, bouncing off of that really quickly, apparently the Falcon Winter Soldier show is like, uh, Winter Falcon and Winter Soldier in the comic universe each take turns at one point being Captain America, yeah, so it's yeah. gonna switch off between the two of them. So that'll be really cool. Oh, um, I mean. yeah. So, um, 
You hate Disney so much. <laughs> yeah, I do. I really, I really do. I'm so, I'm so over him. I'm so. You're over. just like trying to be that nice father who yeah. hears something detestable. He was like, oh, neat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, let me get my pipe. You know the whole. If you have nothing nice to say, don't say anything. Yeah, at exactly. All, right? I don't. I do went th- through a wormhole really quickly on Letterbox because I found Sean Baker, the director of the Florida Projects oh. and Tangerine. He has a Letterbox profile that a lot of people follow and whatnot. And he always has. So it's very interesting because he seemed like such a wholesome boy. Because like every time oh, he nah. writes a, a review, it's always nah. like, I can't believe this guy was able to get these shot. Like he's just such a fanboy. Yeah. You know, whatever. And I'm talking like every review is like that, whatever. And then all of a sudden I saw he did a review for <laughs> the movie that me and Alex watched recently, The Standoff at Sparrow Creek. <laughs> and his review was like one sentence. And it was like, saw this at the whatever theater, period. <laughs> and then, hold on. And then in the comments, someone was like, so what did you think? And he's like, yeah, not for me. <laughs> and I just thought, like, oh, my God. This is just the most wholesome thing ever. He's just, like, such a genuinely nice person that yeah. he's just trying yeah. not to be, whereas I'm just a dick. Yeah. Anyway, awesome. it's just rare to see in a director. Yeah. He literally said nothing at all. Yeah. 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 Anyway. Saw this at the theater. Yeah. Like, that's his that's little it. letterbox entry. Yeah. So, anyway. Um. Sorry. But yeah, my final thoughts, four out of five, loved this movie. Four, out of, four or four and a half? I'm sorry, four and a half out okay. of five. Yes, that's what I meant to say. Stick in my mind, to I, it. Yes, in my mind, it, I was picturing four and a half, but it came out incorrectly. Um, but yeah, I loved this. And even though I preferred Infinity War, I still loved this very much. And I'm glad it was like the the purple bow on the box that we got. Mm-hmm. Toussaint? I... Um... So my rating for this film is a three out of five. I thought this film was good. I did not think it was spectacular. Um, was it better than Infinity War? In my opinion, I think it was. Like I actually gave a shit about this a little bit more than. Well, actually, that's not true. I think I cared about Infinity War more because I wanted to see who would die, and then it turned out none of those deaths really fucking mattered. A lot of them got walked back. Um, a lot of them were just like sort of like third tier characters. And this one, I actually cared about these characters as well too, because I got to see some principal characters die. And like, I don't know, I like permanent consequences and people actually grappling with that and like Hell sort yeah. of like moving moving past it. And so that's why I really enjoyed about the first half of this. Like, I liked. Even though it wasn't permanent, they didn't know it wasn't going to Although be. Although the permanent deaths that weren't even from the snap didn't are even coming back. Yeah. Except for uh, Heimdall. Nobody wants Idris Elba anymore. Oh, I like Idris Elba. I know you like, do, I but, know, but like, I know he talks shit about the series and then oh, they killed him. Yeah, I'm sure. Like, But at least he got you know his, his last like send-off thing where he got to like send Hulk back to Earth yeah. through the Rainbow Bridge, Rainbow that, Road that Bridge. That was a giant mistake. Yeah, I know it was a giant mistake. That's okay. Uh, but... I, um, yeah, I'm not moved to any sort of, like, especially passionate feelings about this film. I mean, the Captain America moment was really good. It really, that was, that was the one point where I was like, fuck yeah. It's like, yes. And and, and that really affected me. And I really enjoyed that. The ending with Captain America, I really enjoyed that as well, too. Iron Man dying, I was like, I was surprised by that. And I'm just like, okay, I like that, too. Um... First half is the best half. Um, second half is a little bit bloated, overbloated for my taste. Um, uh, yeah, I, I mean, I, it's hard for me to be moved to any sort of 
uh, effusive praise for this film just because it feels like it's very much in keeping with what I've come to expect from the 21 other films that have come before this. And if anything, it just sort of doubles down and, and, and if they haven't, if they haven't found a way to refine this shit to get it to the point now where it is in this, I'd be really fucking concerned. That they've had 21 fucking films in order to finally get this right. And they did get it right. I think they, they, they did a, a substantial enough job. I just don't think that it is one of the greatest films of all time. Or let alone the cinematic like uh, like event of, of, of the decade or whatever. It's like I think, yeah, that, that's something that's said by people who only go to see Marvel and Star Wars films in theater. So. Well, and I'll say this really quickly. It, in one way... It is the quote-unquote cinematic cinematic event of our time in so much as it represents the things that people apparently care about. Yeah, sure. Uh, when it comes to this genre and this faux version of storytelling in I cinema. don't want to see any goddamn list in 2020 talking about the 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 best films of the 2010s and I don't want to see this shit anywhere near on that list okay there are so many other films that deserve to be on in inclusion with that list I just feel like this is good this is good tier Marvel Cinematic Universe film it doesn't I, 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 I literally cannot with people like trying to stack this up yeah, to no. like like first First Reformed, and I know that you have 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 sort of like lukewarm feelings about First Reform and shit. I like that movie, yeah, but it's like it. it uh, but I just well, mm. I think you've got a different audience. There. Yeah, I know yeah, that, that's so. a totally different audience. Yeah, but mm. I did like this film, so that is my recommendation for uh, Avengers: Infinity War. And one thing I really did like about it, Endgame. Just to uh, sorry, Avengers: Endgame. Sorry, no, it was Infinity War Part Two, and it was right. <laughs> Whatever. Um, one thing I was really surprised about was going into it for three hours. I was like, Andre Tarkovsky's stalker isn't even fucking three hours. Like, why the fuck is it this long? And I'm just like, no, it actually made use of its runtime effectively, I think. And that's a compliment that I can give to it because I think that was my chief criticism going into the film. Being about, like, this better be fucking worth three hours. And I'm just like, yeah, they did a good job. Yeah, in a lot of ways, it felt like they did put three movies in one instead of the opposite, which is what they usually do, which is this isn't really enough for one movie, mm -hmm, but we yeah. had to call it one. Yeah. So, yeah. I, I would give this a three and a half out of five as yeah. a culmination of what this franchise has been doing. It was surprisingly successful. Um, I think the only reason why it's good, though, is because it came at the expense of a lot of the films prior, which is that... They weren't allowed to have moments that were like in this because, you know, they were trying to plan towards a quote-unquote endgame. And I they could, don't I could see that. They don't want their movies to stand out until they're allowed to. And I feel like now that I see how entertaining this one, I mean, you had this movie had literal everything from genuine grief to time travel shenanigans to crazy battle scenes featuring every Avenger to you know, just the most whatever, to Bruce Banner in a diner. Like, just anything you can think of, it was thrown into this movie. But no movie before this is given that kind of leeway. I, um, I will say... Which is really, uh, just to finish that sentence, which is really against the spirit of comics in general. I mean, that's the fun of picking up an issue. You have no idea what they're going to do. Whereas, 
in, for a lot of these past movies, you knew exactly what was going to happen and what they were allowed to do, which is a very broad spectrum. Something that this film does, which is really important, I think, and I'm guessing most people would probably agree with this, is that you know, you've kind of been led to water by Marvel for the last 11 years of being like, this is going somewhere, this is going somewhere, and then it could have been very easy for them to get here and be like, here's kind of a conclusion, but come back next week to see what happens. And yet this feels like a like general firm conclusion for the majority of the main characters in this story. Um, and I think that's important because it's, you know, we're not going to continuously have Robert Downey Jr., Tony Stark having to be the character that's talked about all the time, like the Skywalker family in Star Wars. Like, we've reached a conclusion there. That's the end. And yes, you could maybe come back with Morgan or Pepper at some point in the future and have some kind of, I, I, I don't know, some sort of story there. But at the same time, like, Robert Downey Jr. is done. He's served his purpose. He gave you a great send-off. And we're done with that story now. We can move on to another story. And um, I think that was important to do that because it felt like at one point that they probably wouldn't. So it's good. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, uh, overall, I gave it three and a half out of five. It was basically, like I said, it worked, and I was surprised by that. And there's so many scenes in here that are winning, and I'm glad I saw it in a theater for a lot of people who liked it and loved it, even if they got a little too loud and a little too rowdy for this old boy's taste. Um, but it still doesn't quite dispel any qualifiers that these films have, which is like keeping any level of progressivism to a bare minimum and also kind of stunting character arcs so that they only have a beginning, middle, and end, and no nuance in between. And a few other things that just ticks me off about Marvel, like, I'm sorry, but the Russos and Marvel in general have no visual style. Like, they can capture action, uh, sometimes at least. Like, I thought the battle scenes were pretty bad, because while the individual moments were good, they weren't in any way... I mean, there's only so much you can do if your entire last 40 minutes is going to take place in a green screen warehouse you know you can just only put the camera down and hope that it you can but you can't anyway um but i I just think the marvel house style is so fucking boring and i'm sorry but i'll bring it up but go see a movie like shazam where i thought david uh f sandberg i forgot his name exactly which is bad whatever but that shows you that dc for all of his faults which are numerous are actually letting directors come in and direct those movies and actually give them a distinctive style and uh, thought process when it comes to storyboarding and uh, shot composition. And Marvel is never going to let that happen. And it's kind of sad because we're 22 films in, and I'm sorry, but this would be the jumping-off point to start a new era, and I'm sure they're only going to double down on that kind of uh, visual uh ingenuity, so to speak. Um, so yeah, three and a half out of five. It definitely did not justify the 21 films that came before, but I give her credit for at least landing the plane. Okay, right on. If you out there in podcasting land have any thoughts Hi. on Avengers Endgame, you can always send them on to us at filmtankshow at gmail.com. You can always look for us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram at Film Tank Show, or you can listen to all of our episodes on iTunes or Stitcher at Film Tank Show as well. And if you want to rate or review our podcast on there, we always really do appreciate that as well. I think we're going to try again next week to 
do an episode on Black Swan. Are we? I th- unless you guys are against that. No, I just, I just didn't know. Because we have tried for two weeks in a row previous to this and failed for a couple different reasons, mostly being me. Um, so uh, I think we're going to maybe try again next week. Okay. Unless you want to do something else. No, I just I had no idea what we were doing. So okay, well, there you go. I think, I think, I think we should go for it. All right. I think we should do it. Okay. Okay. All right. So we'll plan on that next week. Okay. <laughs> okay. So right. thank you, as always, to Anna for joining us. It's always uh, great to have you. So Thank you so much for having me back. I always love being here. So. Oh, well, wonderful. We, we are glad you. to have you. So from Anna and Toussaint, Nick, myself, Alex Diekman, thank everybody for joining us here on Film Tank. We'll be catching up with you next time. We are Film Tank. Film Tank.